and welcome to the One One, your West Australian racing podcast. I am BJ Ryan. Episode sixty six, sponsored by Betfair. Don't bet harder, bet smarter with Betfair. I am zooming in today alongside the one and only Perth racing guru Terry Layton. G'day, Terry. G'day, BJ. How are we? Going well. Going well. Thanks for asking. Uh, how are you? How, how have you recovered? It was a punishing Labor Day long weekend of WA racing. How, um, how are you traveling at the moment, my friend? Uh, it, was a, it was a punishing uh, little period on the punt, wasn't it? Mm. I was, um, look, BJ, I was left a little bit heartbroken, to be honest with you. I'd, um, I'd tipped and was very confident uh, with push to pass in the Esperance Cup. Oh. I absolutely declared that to everyone. Backed at nines all the way into, I think it jumped about 360 on Betfair. And um, they have absolutely, well, I haven't seen the data, but it looks like they've absolutely walked. Misty Ladd got it its own way out in front. The old legs are pushed to pass, flooded over. Couldn't get the job done, but... Nonetheless, we live to fight another day and uh, very excited for uh, the Bunbury card ahead, BJ. Absolutely. It's a Bunbury Cup Day bonanza, Terry. Mm. Huge 10-race preview. Uh, so it's another jam-packed edition of the 1-1, the People's Podcast. And yeah, don't forget, listeners, we've got uh, top jock Brad Parnham. He'll be jumping on the Zoom call shortly, as well as uh, we might even chat to Bunbury Turf Club CEO Alex Doble, just check in with um, how things are progressing ahead of Saturday's inaugural standalone Bunbury Cup Day, history-making stuff down there in the uh, in the southwest. So looking forward to chatting to those two gentlemen. Before we do anything, though, Guru, we need to thank Simon A. Miller for coming on yeah. last week. We did, we just we podcasted him into form, didn't we? Fair income. Tell you well, we get everybody we get on basically as a winner that weekend. We just uh, we just find your form. So any struggling stables out there, any anyone looking for a winner, um, hit just, us up. Just give us a hoy. Yeah. Well, yeah, we'll get you on for a second, and we um, yeah, it's it's party time. We could uh, we could start charging people. <laughs> he uh, he was good, wasn't he? It was a good chat. We ended up releasing it as a, as its own podcast, its own interview. Very well received, Simon. Gave us plenty. He's a really good performer, actually. When there's a microphone thrusted in front of me, and we we certainly saw that again on Saturday because he trained a treble. So he had plenty to say post-race. He uh, he sat it up. Brave Angel, Amelia's Contraire, Plutocracy, bang, bang, bang. The last three races of the day. Brave Angel, of course, the highlight being in the uh, one the Ascot 1000 Guineas, a controversial Ascot 1000 Guineas. But before we touch on all that, big thanks again to Simon A. Miller. If you haven't had a chance to listen to the interview, um, check it out. Wherever you normally find the 1-1, one, one, it's, uh, it's really good stuff. So Stack of... Um Positive feedback from that personally as well, BJ. People uh, loved a bit of, uh, I think, a bit of frankness and a bit of freshness. A lot of the questions um, when they do probably a lot of the stuff on radio and whatnot, it's all very straight down the line and, um, well, just above above board, media-orientated type stuff. So I think it was refreshing to hear uh, Simon just, just talk how he felt like talking and uh, as he usually does. also wanted to give a little shout-out um, to you, BJ. I didn't uh, mm. realise this till a bit later on, but um, you tipped plutocracy in the last and the, and the way you've come up with that selection, I thought was, uh, um, looking back at it in retrospect, ex- extremely, extremely uh, cluey. So well done to Mr. Ryan. Did you win the stakes? I did not win the stakes. Oh, that was the, the professor, Mike Eppes. That oh, was He's, the professor, uh, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. He, uh, but so I, uh, $11 bet fair mm. was uh, late, was um, was juicy enough for, for me, and I roared home 
Plutocracy, no, that's for sure. Very, so very good... sharp. I was having a whinge to you after the last about something. I can't remember. <laughs> How many whinges do you reckon I have a week to you? <laughs> Gee whiz. And I only realised it in the last couple of days. Oh, yesterday when I was doing the form for plutocracy, it struck me. Oh, geez, BJ actually tipped that. And I didn't uh, yeah. I didn't give him anything for it. So no, very, uh, very astute tip. Plenty more of them to come, I'm sure. Yes, yes, hopefully, hopefully. I will say, though, just on Simon A, before we move forward, he certainly embraced the spirit of the 1-1, one, one, didn't he? I think I think that interview went for 45 minutes. Yeah, <laughs> it was meant, meant to be a 10-minute job. He actually messaged me at, um, at about 11, 11.30 on Saturday night, and he said um, yeah. Yeah, something about if I keep having Saturdays like that, I'll sponsor the fucking podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll hold you to that. We'll hold you to that, Miller. So, But, yes, he did saddle up and, and gave a quite a reasonable push for Brave Angel in the Ascot 1000 guineas and she looks a – she's definitely an Oaks filly, no doubt about that. And um, Well, Saleya had so, a chance, I, mean, I think, to win the race. So I, I think after that there isn't uh, – I can't even keep a straight face. BJ, what's your yeah. opinion? Give me your let's, – let's do this quickly. This has had a, a lot of time on social media. I reckon the – I, I, think, I think the, uh, the inquiry is – Ongoing. Today. I think. Yeah, I think the the adjourned inquiry is uh, is uh, recommencing today. So, Patty Pat Carberry and the connections of testing. Like, we'll, we'll lay it out anyway. So, Salaya dollar sixty favorite um, after her dominant challenge stakes. How was the money? Yeah, it was strong, wasn't mm. it? She's uh, she sort of ambled her way to the front in a race devoid of a natural leader. Um, actually, Simon Miller predicted that a one of the Bob Peters contingent will push forward. Uh, actually, I think you even mentioned it's either going to be Testing Love or Sprightly Star from the wide draw. They were going to be the ones that were either, that were going to sit outside Salaya. So to the eye, it appear this is how it looks when you watch the race for the first time. It it appears as though. Uh, um, testing love is eyeballing Salaya, basically softening her up um, in the early early stages. Uh, then Paddy Carberry has, has attempted a mid-race move to inject some speed into the race, ended up crossing Salaya. Salaya then has uh, popped off the fence, um, breezing outside, um, testing love um, on the turn and into the straight, testing love punctured badly to be beaten 11 lengths. Salaya kicked clear, looked home, and was swamped on the line by Brave Angel. So initially, it didn't it didn't look good, did it, Terry? It, didn't look, it wasn't a good look for, for WA Racing. In isolation, the, the testing love tactics, especially when you're, when you're trying to be competitive and, uh, and uh, trying to come up with a way of um, getting the $1.60 favourite beat, nothing in isolation. The testing love tactics weren't unreasonable, um, which also um, gets highlighted when you review the sectional times, um, which uh, came through the following day. However, when one stable has five runners in the race, it does have that element of, to the public eye anyway, of an element of um, a bit of team riding going on there, Terry. Now, this is what the stewards uh, have adjourned the inquiry. They um, started an inquiry on Saturday. They adjourned it to, to today. Um, so I, I imagine the sectional times will help Paddy Carberry quite a lot because it wasn't as if they were cutting throats at a genuine tempo and it was just a, like a kamikaze mission on, um, on Pat's behalf. The, the early splits suggest that they were walking, walking to the 800 and Paddy Carberry was under instructions to not turn it into a sit and sprint and to, to make uh, and, and to actually inject some speed into the contest. Um, the, the issue that exacerbated, I guess, the, the problem was that testing love just went horrible. Even, even sitting outside Salaya, 
making that move from the 850, it was the way that the speed that they went early was entitled to box on and sort of figure in the finish. Um, but what and the fact that it was beaten 11 lengths suggests it was just too bad to be true for my liking. Um, I think the tactics have to be questioned. I agree that the stewards are doing the right thing by holding an inquiry. I think there should be more of them, to be to be <coughs> to be uh, to be honest. However, I think that the the slow tempo and the um, and the competitive race riding element of the race has to be factored into it. And, and uh, I think um, I think Paddy Carberry will will get off. Well, summarise, PJ. What do you think? Terry? Oh, they should just 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 get rid of all the everything would have made it been a lot easier if they just announced pre-race testing love was going forward. Yeah. Bob should get fined heavily for not announcing that. That changes the shape uh, race shape massively. Yeah. Um but I mean, I mean the bit the big query is, and uh, I know the the big thing that uh, Deck and Shembury, one of Saleo's owners, has been pretty vocal about on Twitter yeah. is that uh did Paddy Carberry give his horse, give his mount the best chance of winning? Um, by taking off when he did rather than sitting at a controlled tempo on the breeze? And the answer there is probably no. Mm. The horse has a better chance of winning um, if they can control it from there. Testing love shown a good turn of foot. Um, so you are effectively riding your horse. You're effectively riding your horse to give the other horses in the race a better chance of winning. That's what I, I'm not. I'm pretty much on the fence here, by the way. I don't yeah. have a super strong opinion. But in my mind, Patrick Carberry's not at fault here. Bob's the one that's at fault for not announcing that. And then I, I that that's to me, it doesn't come down to Paddy at all. Um, yeah. Paddy's the shoot. He's the sort of the messenger that's being shot here, if yeah. you like. Yeah. Um, but I just, if he very, just ask that very simple question, did he give his mount the best chance of winning? The answer is no, he probably, cause it was, he actually settled. Okay. on the breeze eventually. Yeah. It was pretty, it was pretty fierce. Then he took off one. Yeah. Once he'd settled, yeah. he took off. Maybe when it's fierce, take off. Fair yeah. enough. Keep going yeah. straight away. And then there's no, discussion or anything but um yeah it should have been announced pre-race and the fact that he was told to inject pace into the race suggests this was sent out there as a pacemaker which we don't have in wa racing so there needs to be some form of um fine handed down admonishment yeah a a final meme bugger all to him but something needs to be yeah something needs to be done and said because that just allows for team riding to some degree because that's that's what's occurred here if you listen to patty after the race said i was told to inject pace into the race i wasn't told to look after my horse's best chances of winning the race Mm. once i got there i was told to inject pace in the race it's that's my simple way of looking at it so the one thing i do want to say though is i thought lucy handled salaya brilliantly just a little push to see if she could keep it out said i can't went straight to the breeze just unlucky yeah once once they went that slowly and whatnot i thought she handled salaya uh very well it would have been interesting if she went along at a stronger tempo if he still made that move but um yeah that's a that's a separate that's a separate argument though did she go too slow should she should she have let testing love slide a little bit sooner did she press the go button no I, I think she did everything did she right. press the go button too soon and did Salah run out a strong 1800 meters I think all those things um, are separate discussions but they're they're um, talking points anyway because um, she had the race won and the 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 winners run some run some big big uh, closing splits to to get over the top of her um, mm. so yeah look stewards Good job launching an inquiry. Good job uh, investigating what 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 went down. How do they want WA racing to be viewed nationally and internationally? And uh, and I think it's I think more of this stuff 
more of these questions should be should be asked and uh, applaud them and we're interested to see what what comes of it but yeah i agree with you i feel a little bit for paddy carberry's between a rock and a hard place in this situation and um and yeah and the fact that testing love just went so poorly just um just just you know made things look even worse for him so we'll see what happens later on this afternoon terry so um yeah, and and again, it's it's going to be interesting to see uh, what happens when what happens in the Natasha Stakes. I think is the next leg of the Philly series whether Salaya heads in that direction or whether she comes back or uh, or, or what um, what transpires. But the twenty two hundred meters will be will be a good test leading in to the WA Oaks. Speaking of injecting speed into the race, the male version of, of the, the three old Derby path was. Um, was Alex Piper Stakes over a mile last Saturday, Terry? And uh, gee, they hooned along in that. And uh, Western Empire won one, loved the genuine tempo and kicked their heads in five length victory and is now the mm-hmm. even money favourite for the WATC Derby in April. That's, that's thin, isn't yeah. it? Two bucks for an all in bet. Gee whiz, for a, a beating Black Tree Caddy. Anyways, I'd like your caddy thirty line actually. It was good, um, didn't it? I really, caddy, yeah. I, I I was on the previous maiden win. I thought it was a huge run that day. I just, uh, yeah, retrospect suggests should have had some of the twenty five thirty bucks to um to run second. But uh, it's easy in retrospect. Don't back many losers in retrospect, PJ. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. So obviously the um, Castillo de Lago and Western Empire stablemate Brave Battle Cruise. I think they were going five or six lengths above the benchmark early. Western Empire settled perfectly for Chrissy Parnham. Loved that speed, and uh, it just gave him an opportunity to show what he's what he's really capable of. When the races are run to suit, and he's got the galloping room he needs, so it's going to take a fair horse to knock him off in the Derby. That's for sure. So I can understand why he is um, so short, and um, more than likely, it's going to be a filly, one of the filly who's who's going to probably take it up to him. So um, again, last Saturday. Across on the East Coast, we were really well represented at Flemington, especially. The uh, the highlight, of course, being the fabulous Fabergino, Terry. What a mare. She won her second straight mm. Bob Hoisted handicap um, for Tiana Robertson, who had a um, who also won at Ascot with Trump this. So huge day for Tiana and um, Fabergino. What, what more can you say? She's just an absolute weapon, isn't she? Certainly is. You'd love to own one of her, wouldn't you? Yeah, she's really good. She... Um, she held on gamely to defeat fellow West Australian, fellow Sandgroper, Indian Pacific, um, ridden by Brad Parnham, who will be joining us shortly. Dom to shoot, he was uh, a bit of $10 chance in the Australian Guineas. William Pike fired him out to take up a forward position. He just seemed a bit too keen for me. Travelled too strongly mm. over the – looked a bit fresh over the mile and and uh, had run his race before they straightened and he sort of faded out of contention. Stablemate Laver Rod went good though. He, um, he ran another minor placing at Flemington. I feel as though he's looking for a bend and looking for some cover, Laver Rod, but I wouldn't be surprised to see him pick up one of those um, – I guess uh, open handicaps um, at uh, in Melbourne. One meeting soon, and uh, platoon. He ran a bottler in for third in the Shaftesbury Avenue a bottler. handicap. A bottler. He was he was really good. So before we zoom in with Brad Parnham, we uh, 
we should touch on the wizard, William Pike. He has eight rides at Flemington on Super Saturday. He uh, They include Celebrity Queen in the Newmarket Handicap. She, of course, won the Oakley Plate at Caulfield two weekends ago. And he's picked up the ride on Angel of Truth, a ATC Derby winner, a former ATC Derby winner, Angel of Truth, for Team Hawks, who has a tremendous association with um, Angel of Truth, William Pike, Team Hawks in the Australian Cup. Terry, so eight, eight of nine rides for the Wizard. He's been um, um, he's going to have his uh, he's going to have a very busy day, of course, at Super Sad Day at Flemington. Yes, certainly does. He's riding, uh, geez, he's riding as well as anyone in Australia at the moment, isn't he? Yeah, he uh, actually ran two seconds last Saturday, beaten in both races by fellow West Australian Damien Lane. So um, the wizard... he couldn't have ridden, he couldn't have ridden those any better either. Oh, they were genuine yeah. ten out of tens. They certainly were. So. Extracted everything from the horse. Yeah, he's uh, he's in good nick. The wizard at the moment. So uh, yeah. The um, let's see what uh, Celebrity Queen can do down the straight twelve hundred in the famous Newmarket handicap. But um, the wizards, the wizards, one thing he's pretty good, the wizard. But for us, it's all about Brad Parnham today, Terry. So let's get him on the line. Let's do it. And all the way from Melbourne, zooming in alongside Terry and myself on the one one is Brad Parnham. G'day, Brad. G'day, guys. How are you going? Very well. Welcome back. Welcome back to the podcast, mate. It's good to good to have you on. You, uh, of course, are um, getting ready for two rides at Flemington on Saturday in two huge Group 1 races, the Newmarket Handicap with Indian Pacific and the Australian Cup with Platoon. How are you feeling in uh, uh, as we head towards these two time-honoured feature Flemington events on Saturday, Brad? Um, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. I mean, they're obviously very big races in Australia here and um, yeah it's good to it's good to be in them and um, yeah the horses are both going well so yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to Saturday. I think uh, the big question um, before we get too stuck into uh, your couple of uh, big rides this weekend the question that are on most uh, listeners minds at the moment uh, did you take your 1-1 podcast hat across and is it being donned on the streets uh, on Ligon Street at the moment? Uh, yeah, mate. Yeah, I've got, got the cap here, so I might just wear it into Flemington on Saturday. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> I'd, uh, I'd, pay, I'd pay good money for a photo of that, I'll tell you what. <laughs> yeah. Now, Brad, you're, uh, you, 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 was, was there any dramas getting into Melbourne at all, or um, is that, was that... Was that uh, was that fine? Because of course, for for our listeners, if you if you uh, weren't aware, Brad had three rides at Flemington last Saturday. He rode Indian Pacific in the Bob Hoisted, a tremendous second to Fabergino down the straight thousand meters. There, he also partnered Platoon, a fast finishing third in the Shaftesbury Avenue, and of course Nerf Bosk in the uh, Group Two Blamey Stakes. So, what was the process like getting into Melbourne, and what was your uh, experiences of Flemington last Saturday? Um. Yeah, so firstly, getting into Melbourne um, was pretty easy because uh, we had just gone from what they call, they have a red zone, orange zone and green zone. And uh, I just, we, Perth had just changed into a green zone. So I didn't have any, I didn't have the same restrictions that uh, Willie Pike had when he came over. So I was able to come on the Friday, which was the day before. And um, yeah, it was, it was all pretty easy just to, just to sort of rock up race day and, and go from there. And, uh, yeah, obviously, um, going to Flemington, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's probably one of the best tracks in Australia. It's not the best track in Australia. The facilities are great. Everything's great there. And, yeah, it's just exciting to, to ride at the place. So it was good that um, 
I was competitive and we had a few rides and we fell a little short, but um, we, we were there and yeah, we, we gave it a good crack. So it was good, good fun. You're at your you're at your vigorous best on Indian Pacific. You tried your hardest to throw him over the line, just fell uh, just a head or so, half a head short of Fabergino. Did you think you uh, could get the job done, Brad? Um, I thought probably about 100 metres out I might, or maybe 150 metres out. I thought I was, I was getting closer and I thought he might get the job done. Um, but in saying that, he, he actually got himself a little bit worked up uh, pre-race, which is a bit unusual for him. Um, I think it was probably the fact that he, he'd flown over and he got here on the Thursday morning and it was all a bit new to him. So he was just a bit on his toe and up, toes and I think he probably just expended a little bit too much energy pre-race and it probably took away from me. He finished a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I did think I was going to win at one stage, but then, yeah, 50 metres out, I, I knew Fabergino was just, going to be a bit too strong for us and it's no it's um you know it's Fabergine is a specialist down the straight there so it's um you know I, I, I'm still pretty proud of my bloke's efforts but uh I reckon if, if he's a little bit calmer this Saturday there's, there's probably a little bit in, improvement in him um in saying that we're gonna we're gonna need it because we're, we're stepping up to a very good race here so yeah I'm just excited to, to Saturday anyway I'm fascinated about straight racing. So have you had many rides down the Flemington Strait at all, Brad? Uh, no, it was my first ride down Flemington Strait. Obviously, I've ridden down the Strait at Pinjarra, but it's, it's a lot different because Pinjarra is very, um, you know everyone's going to the outside. There's no yep. sort of um, other tactics used. But, yeah, it was the first time up, uh, up the Strait at Flemington, and, uh, yeah, it was good. So... Who do you speak to pre-race about where to be? Um, obviously, you probably just wanted to follow Fabergino as much as possible. But, I mean, Fabergino comes down the outside rail, basically wins uh, last Saturday. Um, Nature Strip, when he won the um, Lightning, he came. He was along the inside rail. Um, what, are the, what do the locals say and what, what's, what's the feedback you get and what did your father Neville say about how you were going to play your Indian Pacific last Saturday because you've, you've actually drawn barrier three uh, in, the, in the new market this Saturday. So yeah. I imagine you, you're, naturally you, um, you're going to have a different game plan. Yeah, so um, the, I spoke to a couple of local riders here. Obviously, um, Damien Lane's very good with me and um, – also, Craig Williams, they're always sort of good to offer advice. Um, and it's just, it sort of comes down to what part of the track on the day is playing the best. And I think on Saturday, there wasn't really, the track wasn't noticeably different from one side to the other. It was all pretty even. But so my plan was just to sort of come out with, um, with Fabergino and just be alongside her because I knew she'd be one of the ones to beat, so yeah, and and she'd give me something to follow, so that that was my plan then, um, but yeah, Pikey was also good, I, I, he walked the track with me uh, before I had a ride, and yeah, we just sort of discussed a little bit um, about it, and so, you know, it's good that those sort of riders are there to just give me advice, um, you know, they're good like that, so that was good, and yeah, obviously looking towards Saturday, I had drawn inside 
Um, so, you know, I will walk the track beforehand and, and obviously, I think there's a couple of straight races before that race anyway, so I'll probably get a bit of a guide as to where the best part of the track would be. Um, but yeah, I probably wouldn't have a specific plan until I see the track on a day because it can change quite dramatically here. It, the track is very different to uh, tracks that we have back at home, and I think that's just based on, we've got sand, like our soil is like sand-based track, so... It's usually pretty even, unless it's like a, a real heavy track. It's usually pretty even back at home, whereas whereas here it's, it's more of a clay base, so it can be a lot firmer on one side of the track to the other. Um, so yeah, I just really have to pay attention throughout the day as to as to how the track is playing, and you'll probably go from there. And yeah, that, that's how I'll um, judge it. And uh, what did you make of? platoon uh, for me he almost looks like he's in career best form at the moment he's coming off that awesome uh, first up 1200 meter win at ascot went over there uh, hit the line really hard in the shaftesbury avenue on saturday uh, he must have given you a good feel and um he is on on the quick backup in the uh, australian cup yeah yeah he was, he was a great run um unfortunately we probably slowed up a little bit just in that middle section and then it seemed as though when we got to the 600 we really quickened up a lot and um, he just he just sort of took probably a good few hundred metres to actually get into his rhythm once he got into his rhythm he finished off super um, but you know I was given quite a big head start at that stage so hopefully stepping up to the sorry that no, I was just going to say it was a bit of a shame that that um, never again, was it Jai McNeil, sort of rushed around you and sort of almost took your spot there at um, at a crucial stage? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it was a bit of a shame I had a horse outside me. Um, Drew yeah. McAvoy was directly outside me early on and, and he was happy to sit off. He wasn't really pressing forward. I was hoping he would press forward a bit more so that I could pop out on his back. But by the time... He did start the press board. John McNeil was already there on another horse. So um, I couldn't quite just flow into it when I wanted to. And yeah, like I say, yeah. the, the speed really went on there. So it was a bit hard. But, um, yeah, hopefully up to 2,000 we might be. We're obviously racing better horses. But um, hopefully he doesn't get caught flat-footed like he did the other day. I think the uh, the one week backup, Brad, for Platoon will really suit as well. Uh, the type of horse I think that uh, probably enjoys his work and getting into his work. It's actually doing a bit of uh, research on Platoon this morning. And the last time he was actually on the one week backup was after he uh, raced in the RJ Peters and then came out and ran a, uh, a close third in the railway stakes to um, Regal Power back in 2019. So I think the seven day backup um, might really suit him. Yeah, I think you're right. He's doing really well over here, and um, obviously this week because they raced last week, we we haven't we're not doing a lot of work with both of them. Um, but yeah, they're they're both real happy, and and Platoon is yeah he's especially happy. So I, I think you're right in what you say. I, I think he will back up really well, um, and he should run he should run a terrific race. Whether whether he's good enough to win on, I don't know. But um, you know, I, I think. I think he'll be finishing off strong anyway. So, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty confident he'll back up good. 
Yeah, it's not a vintage. It's not a vintage Australian Cup, is it? Just, no, no. It, it certainly isn't. Even if you look at, um, I mean, I, I don't do the the Eastern States form closely at all, but I mean, you look at a few of those names above, and they were sort of looking at coming across the railway at certain periods of time, and um, platoon would have been uh, probably equal in the market with them at that stage of proceedings. I guess the real shame is this is wait for age and not at um, not at handicap level because platoon would be getting a few kilos off a few of these. But uh, going forward, bad pending how Brad pending how these couple uh, pull up after the run. How long are you uh, staying in Melbourne for? Yeah, so it will definitely depend um, on how they both go on Saturday and then I suppose we'll reassess from there what options we have here. Um, yeah, it, it could be a fact that they race here on Saturday and, and then they're, they're done and, and I come back home straight away. Um, but yeah, it's just something that I'm not too sure. I, I don't think I'll be away too long um you know i'd probably like to get back and and ride in the derby in that uh, i've got that holy enchantment going that way so mm-hmm. um yeah i'd probably i'd like to be getting back but um yeah it'll definitely depend how the horses go here and we'll just see how they pull up and hopefully in another week's time i wouldn't have to quarantine coming back home but that yeah that, that, it's all a bit up in the air at the moment so we'll see must be a dream come true for you, Brad, to be a thoroughbred racing lover your whole life, to have watched from afar, and now to get your opportunity in races the caliber of the Newmarket Handicap and uh, Australian Cup at Flemington on Super Sad Day. Uh, must be pinching yourself that you're you're there and you're uh, you're in with a chance. So, um, so yeah, like from everyone here at the 1-1 and uh, I'm sure across uh, the Nullarbor and West Australia everyone's um, wishing you all the best Brad before we let you go quick quick mention everything okay with Nerf Bosk um he well he obviously his two runs here have not been great uh, he pulled up with a little bit of um, heat in, in one of his feet and um yeah, it was just a little bit tender on it, so that probably played a little bit of a part um, in why he didn't go so well. But um, we're pulling up stumps with him now, anyway. He's he's going straight to the paddock, and I think he. I'm not I'm not sure whether it's a spell here or back in Perth, but he we won't see him run here again this time in. So um, it's been a bit of a shame because he did so well in Perth, but um, yeah. Uh, you know, he, I think he'll come back to Perth and, and he, we should see the best of him again next prep anyway. Well, good luck on a Saturday, Brad. While you're uh, racing in a Group 1 Australian Cup at Flemington, uh, most of uh, most of WA will be making their way to the $100,000 Bunbury Cup down south. And I reckon the uh, the course will absolutely erupt if you are to get either Platoon or Indian Pacific home. So uh, on behalf of the 1-1 team, good luck and um, you're doing WA proud. Yeah, thanks, boys. Yeah, thanks again for having me on. Good on you, Brad. Thanks, mate. Cheers. Okay, it's time to partner with Betfair and preview Bunbury Cup Day. We're recording the 1-1, the West Australian Racing Podcast. At, uh, it's just after 11 a.m. on Thursday, the 4th of March. Busy, sh- Another busy schedule ahead. Shh, it is a busy schedule, isn't Especially it? Especially for you, Guru, who likes to dabble in, uh, you know, statewide. So let's... Dabble. Uh, let's... Uh, <laughs> Let's run through the the, uh, the racing calendar. We have an Albany <laughs> meeting this afternoon. Geraldton. Mm, specials. Crayfish Coast. Uh, are you going to give out an Albany special? I oh, know. I be, can't. I won't go to oh, where. Yeah. What about a Geraldton special for the faithful? Mm, 
What time does this go to air? Six uh, o'clock. Yeah. Uh, I can't I can't get on until the morning, unfortunately. So oh, well, it makes it difficult. Take that up with the guru. So we've mm. got Crayfish Coast Action Jilton tomorrow. That's Friday. Bunbury Cup Day. Esperance is on the quick backup on Saturday, while it is Supremacy Stakes Day for the two-year-olds at Ascot on Sunday. Bit happening, isn't there? There's a lot. Oh, it's genuinely a bit. That's 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 the reason I messaged you on Monday or Tuesday, and I said we might have to go remote this week because I've uh, yesterday was the longest day of form I've done in my life. I started, um, I didn't finish the Albany meeting, so I finished that in the morning. I had to do three Albany. I then did the ten Bunbury, and I started Geraldton at quarter past ten last night. So I was basically going from eight a.m. to one a.m. and that's with very little breaks. I stopped and watched about half an hour of the cricket, um, the 20, 20 in the afternoon. So, um, yeah, horses were just like brown, brown. Can't even say the color brown, <laughs> brown blobs on the screen, BJ. But, uh, yeah, there's a uh, bit happening, but looking forward to it. Very much looking forward to it. But make sure you stay tuned throughout the show for info on how you can enter the Mundaring Hotels, WA Racing Mastermind and the Market City Meets Get Out Stakes competitions. Any housekeeping, BJ? Yes, absolutely, Terry. Uh, thought I thought I'd ruin it. Thought I'd ruin your usual segue. <laughs> uh, we, uh, if you would like to take the time to read my pre-markets preview, the leg up, jump onto bestbets.com.au and or the Oz Race website. The leg up's been out since seven a.m. this morning. Terry Layton, Daniel Cripps, two of the very very best. They team up for a Wild West video preview. Which this is uh, the Wild West, of course, available on the Betfair Hub, betfair.com. .au. But also, one last thing, Terry. Um, the Bunbury Turf Club asked me to uh, to put together a top 10 Bunbury Cup performers since 1990. Um, now, this was to celebrate over three decades of sponsorship with uh, Lion, the uh, the brewery brewing company, the beverage company. So um, I came up with the Lion 10. And um, it's going to be published in full colour in the Bunbury race book on Saturday, but it's also available on the Bunbury Turf Club website. Ranked from one to ten, the top ten Bunbury Cup performances since uh, since not since Lion started sponsoring the event in 1990. So if you're if you love your WA racing history, want to take a trip down memory lane, bit of nostalgia, jump onto the uh, Bunbury Turf Club website and uh, have a read. It's good stuff. If I, I do love say that, so BJ. myself, yeah, yeah, I love that. I haven't. Uh, it's the first you've told me of that, so I, uh, I look forward to jumping on and having a look. I hope that Whipsaw made the uh, the ten. He may Can I get have. a spoiler he, alert. He may have. He controversial, uh, uh, controversial decision whether to include him or not, Whipsaw. But uh, you might find that he snuck his way into the field, the top ten, the Lion ten. So have a look. All right. Uh, BJ, also, the 1-1 is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and all other major podcasting platforms. Please subscribe, rate, and review. I think speaking of uh, all of our subscribe rating and reviewing, I think our Simon Miller interview was just as popular as last week's preview, BJ. They loved it. Miller, Miller's a popular man, so um, it was only natural that they gravitated towards uh, – Towards Simon A, but yeah, it was it was really well received, and maybe we should be looking at uh, more content, more one-one mm. content in future. Terry, mm. what about what about our rising more. stars, Riley Morgan, Latham, and- Latham Anderson, Tom Johnson, the lads, the lads. The lads, well, what are they? Uh, there's a chance a couple of them might be going zero and seven, which would be incredible stuff. Um, but 
Riley Latham. Who am I trying to say? Latham is on fire. Last week had the 50 Eurasians. Have you got a leaderboard there, BJ? I've probably just put you on the spot there, haven't I? Yeah. Well, yeah, Latham's um Latham's kicked clear by about by about five hundred bucks or so, I'd say six, seven hundred bucks. Yep. So um yeah, impressive stuff. Latham's thrown one out. It's it's today at Albany in the first. So I've actually uh, I was quite keen on it myself, actually. So I always enjoy and Latham, um I've got the lads' tips and one of my yeah, I just always enjoy the way they are. They come up with uh, what they do. So uh, we've got Latham on next week to see if he can be on the show for the um, the week he might take out the crown, perhaps, BJ. Yeah, our Young Gun Punter series. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that uh, that rolls on. Two more weeks to go, week six this week, week seven next week. Latham Anderson on the show, um, continuing our Rising Stars podcast series. So before we start the preview, Terry, why don't we have a quick chat to Bunbury Turf Club CEO, Alex Doble, and just check in, make sure everything is in readiness ahead of uh, standalone cup day this Saturday. Mm -hmm. Welcome back to the 1-1, Alex. The day has finally arrived. This is something you've been working, you and your club have been working towards for several years now. Standalone Bunbury Cup, Bunbury Stakes, this Saturday, it's all happening in the southwest. How are you ahead of uh, your big day? Yeah, no, we're in a really good spot. So, yeah, um, it's been really well received and we're looking forward to putting on a, a big show in the southwest. Alex, I am personally very excited about um, getting down there. Uh, bus is booked, BJ's driving, lads are uh, excited. Just uh, just got to pick out our outfits now. I haven't, uh, I haven't picked out mine yet. BJ, you sorted? Shopping tomorrow. Shopping tomorrow. It's a, it's a full day event for BJ. I've seen him trying to pick out a, a suit. Uh, it's been raining down there. Tell us a little about the weather. It's a soft seven I can see at the moment. Uh, I believe the rain it should stop from now. I'm going to pretend you're a weatherman as well as a uh, as the track man. Tell me, uh, tell me there'll be no more rain and we're going to get a lovely Bunbury surface. Oh, we will. We will. So, yeah, we, it's still a little bit of drizzle coming down now, but uh, the, the skies are turning blue and, uh, yeah, the forecast is for uh, – that's it from a, a rain perspective. So won't be any need for us to irrigate between now and race day. So, yeah, uh, it'll be in prime condition for Saturday. Perfect. Race one, 12.22. I got a message as an owner yesterday. I just want to thought I'd clarify this for listeners and people who haven't yet got tickets um, saying to pre-register um, to basically make sure you can get into the track because of COVID laws. Are we encouraging everybody to pre-buy tickets or will tickets still be available at the gate? Oh, look at this stage. We're looking. It looks looks like it will be sold out before the day. Yep. I mean, we've still probably got six, seven hundred tickets up our sleeve, but we've been selling sort of four hundred a day. So, look, yeah. Uh, I just uh, urge anyone that wants to guarantee their uh, their attendance as such is uh, get online now and, and book through the Bunbury Turf Club website. Um, but in saying that, um, the pre-registration for the owners with a runner on the day, we've we have allowed a very healthy allocation. For that, for that, for those stakeholders, so uh, there's no fears if you've got to run on the day that you'll you'll get um, bumps as such. So uh, initially, we just wanted the pre-registration as a strong indication of likely numbers. But just yeah, if you're not on it, you, you'll still get in if you're uh, an owner with a runner on the day. We won't be getting a Perth Cup top situation where everyone's turning up. Was it Perth Cup? I think with the uh, with their <laughs> free Cup. their free tickets and then being told no, sorry. Uh, <laughs> You're gonna to have to sit outside yeah, and, uh, and look, listen yeah, to those. Yeah, obviously we learned from that. So yeah, so yeah, we've we've done our best to, to sort of account for every ticket out there and uh, allow for a little bit of a, a safety net as such. So um, yeah, we 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 feel we're in a pretty good space and uh, 
uh, will be, um, yeah, so 7,000 capacity. We can manage that well. So it's a sellout, Alex. What what an event we have to look forward to on Saturday. You must be, I mean, I mean, you must be sort of a little bit anxiously nervous in the, in the lead up because it's such a huge occasion for the club and the spotlight nationwide is going to be um, wholly and solely focused on um, on Bunbury um, uh, no you know, pressure. from a West, West, West Australian <laughs> point of view. But um, but uh, yeah, you must be you must be super proud of, of that the the club has managed to to get this event off the ground and uh, and the take up as well and the support from the participants, the support from a nominations and acceptance point of view. Um, yeah, it's, it looks like it's just going to be an absolute belter at Bunbury on Saturday. No, as I said, we I mean we know where we are in, in the uh, pecking order from an industry perspective. We think we're big enough and bad enough to have one standalone Saturday. This is the date we wanted. We think it works on a lot of levels. So yeah, it's good that the the program stacked up. Good, great race card. Uh, yeah, really looking forward to showcasing uh, everything that's great about racing in the southwest. So what's the what's the feel like been around town? Has it has it has it has it got traction locally um, from a, I don't know from a local newspaper or a local news point of view? What's uh, what's the support been like from a uh, yeah, Bunbury no, or Southwest? Yeah, the engagement's been really good. Yep. Obviously, the Saturday time slots. Uh, obviously, any any change. Um, yeah, the Saturday works well for for social events as such. So, um, so yeah, it's been really well received. I think. Uh, byproduct of COVID is that everyone sort of understands, appreciates it's safer to pre-purchase to guarantee your uh, your spot as such. So uh, there's been a lot of traction there. Obviously, we've been pretty proactive communicating uh, not only the cup itself, but yeah, sort of that, that it is a cap capacity and yet yeah, it's safe. The best way to guarantee your attendance is booked prior to the day. So yeah, look, it, it's been really well received. As I said, we live in a racing bubble and we love racing. But yeah, this is a real opportunity for us to sort of, um, you know, put a stake in the in the sand and, and sort of show the the relevance of racing. Um, and uh, yeah, it's uh, the community got right behind it, which is great. Fantastic. Yeah, I, I know that this has been in the pipeline for a long time. There's been a a lot of work done uh, over the years behind the scenes just to just to get an opportunity like this for the Bunbury Turf Club and um, yeah Terry and I we, uh, we we can't wait to get get down there and um, and play a part in uh, in the occasion so yeah for, uh, just from a one one point of view uh, Alex good luck for the Bunbury Turf Club and the Bunbury Cup day on Saturday we're really looking forward to it and uh, yeah can't wait to, to get out there no perfect thanks for your support guys and before you run Alex got a Bunbury Cup tip for us Put me on the spot. Uh, look, yeah, I think uh, I think the favourite would be pretty hard to uh, pretty hard to roll. But um, yeah, no, no, probably pretty boring there with Darren McCollis' uh, horse. But yeah, uh, it looks like it uh, should be taking out this year's edition of the Bunbury Cup. She certainly does. She certainly does. Well, thank you, Alex. I look forward to coming down and uh, and seeing you and meeting you. And I'm sure it'll all uh, run very smoothly on Saturday. <laughs> yep. No. So do we. Look forward to it. Thanks, mate. All right, preview time, Terry. The rail at the Bunbury Turf Club on Saturday is in the true position. We just heard from Alex that there has been a little bit of rain around, mm. but the track should be in perfect condition come uh, midday on Saturday. So uh, good four, expected. 
what um, Terry's all over the fertilizer program at, the, at, at Bunbury these days, and uh, I think we're uh, we're we're, uh, we're going there. Uh, open-minded, expecting a, a fair track. Well, it's funny. Since we had that chat to Alex a few weeks ago, I think there's been three meetings since. The Bunbury form has turned around markedly, which which wasn't hard. All I needed was a horse to basically not run last for it to turn around. But uh, <laughs> no, the Bunbury form's turned around. I reckon got a good feel for the track. The inside pad, especially, um, well, not especially, when it's playing at the true position, there is definitely no disadvantage to being on speed or on that rail, especially if it's going to be dry conditions um, for the 48 hours pre-race meet. Um, but two make ground you definitely want a very suitable speed map uh, still plays more on pace than anything at Bunbury so um, yeah we can allow for allow for a fair track but definitely be mindful if there isn't that much speed in a race or uh, there are strongish leaders you're going to find it difficult to make ground from near the back which is just racing in general isn't it racing in general correct all right race one is the mccafe southwest maiden 1200 meters to start the day now we might pull the I bus into to, to a mccafe on the way down there you reckon get a couple yeah, of get a yeah. cup of a mocha or something yeah yeah get a little hot yeah, chocolate large large i'm doing the driving so large yeah, latte a large extra latte. shot extra shot might be on the uh, on Ooh, the cards I think, as well yeah, yeah. so we discuss these maidens um, mm. regularly. Now, I have noticed on Chris, which is the uh, the WA Racing website, the Bible, uh, Ascot, Saturday, March 13, delete West Speed Maiden, add West Speed No Metro Win Handicap. Ascot, March 27, delete Maiden, add Handicap. So is this cutting through, Terry? Is, is all our whinging starting to cut through? Are they slowly but surely uh, phasing out these West Speed Maidens. Yeah, it's purely us. I think that's the only way. That's the only thing. It has you can, to be, doesn't it? Well, it's all you can attribute it to really, isn't it? There's nothing else we can um, really put it down to. So well done, BJ. We've, uh, we've, we've made a difference. We've made a change. You know what? Uh, who was it? Is it um, making make WA racing great again? <laughs> what's, what's that saying? It's uh, be the change, be the change in the world you want to see. Be the change. I think it's just be the change, yeah? I don't know. Anyway, you, you start talking about the maiden. I'm going to Google this um, this saying. Interesting maiden, actually. There's a couple of former Eastern Staters making their debut. One in particular, Kate Leopard, has tremendous form. It was Gandhi. Sorry. Gandhi. It was Gandhi, yeah. <laughs> be the, what, what, so be the change you wish to see in the world. Oh, very good. Yeah. Very good. I think that's it. That should be the theme of the, the one. It, it should be. Forward. You've got a lot of similarities yeah. to Gandhy as well with the way uh, <laughs> prophesizing races as of late. So anyway, let's move on. We're in a we're in a downward trend here early. Cape Leopard. I'm sure it rated through the roof oh. on all your East Coast data. So this Jeez. is a fascination. But um, yeah, interesting maiden to, to start the day. Uh, I thought my, I ended up in the leg up anyway. I tipped... My hidden journey on top was a beaten mm. favourite first up. It was three wide, no cover. It was a month between its trial win, which was really good, and its first up run. So I reckon it might have been a little bit soft, endured a three wide run, didn't quite finish off. Gate four on Saturday, Lucy Warwick, a bit more economical run in transit. I expect to see a marked improvement from my hidden journey. For me, he looks the horse to beat, but to be fair, um, <laughs> you know, there's, a, there's a couple of wild cards in this race, i.e. Cape Leopard, i.e. Quintus, a former Eastern Staters, and also the heavily Grace. backed Fair Grace, <laughs> Grace, first starter on debut. So Yeah, a bit happening here. 
bit happening in this maiden. So, um, yeah, I'm not all that keen to play, I, oh, but um, Hidden Journey is, is above my um, my current quote. What's your read on this race, Terry? Uh, I think you summed it up very well. There's just so many variables in this race. You can't bet with a huge amount of confidence. Um, my Hidden Journey, some of its top-end form was huge. And as you said, not much luck last time out. So has to be probably head of the market. Cape, Cape Leopards runs data-wise. And obviously, I'm not I'm not massive on the data. It's just more of a reference point. But the numbers, are just, they jump off the page. Like... Um, I saw, and I don't think Brad has the uh, the benefit of the data. So I, I know Brad went up 16 bucks. This isn't even one I'm going to pick on him about because I would have probably marked it 10, 15 bucks off a year. Getting up to a journey before the spell, I mean, drawing a wide gate, but purely on the data, it's it's got to start three, four, five bucks, you, um, you'd presume. But um, yeah, I, was, I was $8, Kate Leopard. Yeah. So, oh, um, you, you could mark he's, it. He's, uh, if you go through and if you click around and uh, on the Racing Australia website and go through the horses that this mare has competed against. It's incredible stuff heading into a Bunbury maiden, that's for sure. Yeah, if, uh, if Brian Carey has him, uh, her, I should say, anywhere near her best and she gets a 1,200, uh, handles the shorter trip, then, uh, yeah, she on those numbers, she basically just wins. But, um, yeah, off a year, new state, though, definitely doesn't mean she will perform to that type of level. Uh, Fair Grace trial was huge. Query has to be on who she's beaten in the trial, coming from last, really difficult on debut. John I think we forgive the last run. You can always have a little bit of forgiveness to the first up run over the unsuitable thousand. Chris Parnham back on's a positive, but drawn awkwardly. Looks not everything. Hits a flat spot, BJ, between the six and the four, a little bit between the four and the two. From barrier one, to me, that's where um, she will lose the race. I just think barrier one's unsuitable for a horse that finds that flat spot. So she's going super, though. And um, look, it'd be lovely to see a, uh, a northern trainer like Catherine Godden come and claim one on Bunbury Cup Day. Uh, Atia's Dream uh, put in some huge runs about a year ago. Uh, obviously, last campaign didn't come up. Really impossible to know what to expect from Atia's Dream first up. Uh, the one that's come up big time above my price, uh, it's currently 15 bucks. is Cochin, Trent. Um, the Richmond midfielder captain, best hairdo in the AFL. Um, he does have he does have a good head of hair. Doesn't he, he does, yeah. As, yeah. As, as as someone that um, has a fair bit of hair envy regularly, um, I, I yep. can admit uh, I can definitely say if I was going to swap my hair with someone's, it'd be Trent Cotchins probably, <laughs> or maybe Brian Myers. What about just the big, the big dreadies, the big, uh, the big unwashed dreadies? But anyway, yeah. I, uh, I digress. Not uh, Gary Rowan? Cotchin, no, not, not, definitely not Roger Merritt. I remember that joke. Uh, they had Dave Hughes on the um, footy show one time and he, uh, he goes, he, you know, in his voice and he was doing a bit of a, um, he was basically just ripping into all the players. And he yeah. goes, Sauce, where's Sauce? Where's Sauce Merritt? <laughs> sauce puts his hand up, goes, I'm over here. And he goes, Geez, God hates you, doesn't he, Sauce? And so, <laughs> Sauce goes, Why is, why is that? And uh, and then um, Husey goes, Well, first of all, he gives you red hair, then he takes it away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe I could just relate to that. And that's why I feel it's so funny. It actually hurt my heart. Um, yeah, it was a personal attack. <laughs> it was a personal attack. It was. But uh, look, I've got Koch on about seven bucks. I'm not overly keen or anything, but uh, the trial was so big with Carlene yeah. on. Um, got stuck between horses first up, sat deep. Uh, on a day where Bunbury needed to be near the rail. So you forgive all those. You're getting $15 each way from a good barrier. Senior jockey on, nice race experience now. Gets a softer run. Um, yeah, if you're 15 bucks each way, that'll do me for a little investment to kick off the day. Yes. Okay. All right. So, yeah, my hidden journey for me, I marked him favourite. 370 is about 420 at the moment um, on the uh, – 
on the, as the markets have shaken out this morning. But I just think from four, he's going to get the right run. And uh, he's going to win one soon. If he doesn't win second up on Saturday, I reckon he'll, uh, he'll just about get the job done third up. Race two is the Summit Realty Southwest Handicap. So 1,200 metres, it's one of those West Speed Special Conditions Handicaps. So I was just doing the form last night. There's some names here, isn't there? Oof, I've come across horse number six, Fair Justice. Uh, DJ Cripps, TK Layton, CM Brown, DM Hollingworth, K Peary, CJ Nelson. What's happened here, Terry? You've, uh, you've landed in the Graham Yule establishment with, as a new owner of Fair Justice, who, in all fairness, has to be one of the major players in this race on Saturday. Yeah, no, quite exciting. Uh, Cripper actually set this one up. He's not a big race uh, horse racing ownership man, as uh, as you're probably aware, but um, he's uh, the Crips and the Yules are a very close family friends, and um, Graham had, I think it was 30-odd percent or something available um, with one of the owners, for whatever reason, not taking part in the horse any longer. And, um, yeah, we saw we actually saw it as quite a uh, reasonable investment considering the price. So uh, we bought in a few months ago, and um, we had targeted this race on Bunbury Cup Day for some time, and here we are. And uh, in our bus, even better, in our bus on Saturday, which you'll be tooting down there for us, is uh, – <laughs> Cripps, Leighton, uh, Peary, Hollingworth, uh, and Nelson will be there as well. So, geez, we've got the uh, the whole team. It'll be a fairly uh, boisterous drive home, I'd suggest, if she sails down the outside and gets the job done, BJ. Bit of a, bit of a who's who of WA Racing Twitter involved in uh, Fair Justice, that's mm. for sure. So, um, good luck. We think she might need the run, in all fairness. Yep. Um, Trial-wise... She does, does, does hum fresh, though, fair she justice. Does, so. She does hum fresh. She's yeah. a very good fresh yeah. horse. She's a horse that the way she has to be ridden because she doesn't jump, she um, requires a lot of luck, and she has missed out on, on a bit of that with with her career, in her career to date. But um, she ran last in her trial. I wasn't asked anything of... Um, no, every, everything's... They're very happy with her at home uh, from all reports, but um, whether she needed another hit out, maybe maybe she, uh, one more week would have been nice, but... Um, no, I think she's a. I think she's definitely a winning hope. But uh, I would say that the current um, eight, nine, ten bucks is is pretty much the right quote for her. So I, I won't be giving her a big push um, in that sense, BJ. But are you are you a bit? Uh, how are you feeling after? The Italian job and the slug. Did I send you Jerry. the video that Scotty Embry sent me? Yeah. Yeah, that was very, yeah, fun, very funny stuff, wasn't it? Basically, yeah. for those who haven't seen it, he um, took a uh, print screen of uh, – because the Italian job went down to Mount Bar, who got beaten about 15 lengths, started favourite. So I've, horse ownership is something I'm thoroughly enjoying at the minute. And um, he took a photo. He photo-imposed, um, photoshopped uh, the ambulance into the back of the field And because um, after the reverse dead heat, he's, he's changed it to a reverse dead heat with the ambulance. It was, it was very funny stuff. Anyway, um, there is one I do like here, BJ, moving on. Um, it's not fair justice, unfortunately. I do hope I'm wrong and fair justice uh, gets the money. But um, I really like the setup for Ladies of London here. I agree. No, that's good. Uh, it looks to be a horse. She looks to be a mare that they're keeping fresh on purpose. It was really interesting going through her runs. There's a lot of 30-day breaks, 35-day breaks, two-month breaks, uh, even when she had a four-month spell earlier this year. Um, they're all her best runs, and, and I think she is, as I just said, being kept fresh on purpose. She's no superstar, but her last effort uh, with W. Pike in the saddle from the wide gate um, in a race where you had. 
Uh, Brave ran second, was huge. Uh, Smash King's authority four back was really good behind Solid Azza in a harder race three back. Um, got the job done with the big weight at Bunbury two starts back. I just think she's a she's tractable. She's honest. You know what you're going to get three. from her. Gate three. She probably stalks Bosnip, who I think will tire um, yep. late at the 1200. I think Bosnip's a thousand meter horse. Um, but in saying that, I still think Bosnip will give a good kick into the straight, allowing galloping room for Joey as a party to hop off her back and and yep. see some um, see some clear air. Early in the day at Bunbury, I think we want to be near the rail or drawing, drawing pretty well, especially... I just can't have much to beat her. Chief Archer is coming off an injury. He's back in trip. Pink and grey is probably the biggest danger for mine. Uh, I just don't know how well uh, that pink and grey will be able to run out the 1,200 metres fresh without a trial. City Circle's going well, but from 11, we'll at best need to breeze. Yeah, outside leader. A- outside leader. And that's at best. If a few of the other ones kick up, might even have to try and tuck in or sit deep. So, um, But, yeah, City Circle and uh, Pink and Grey look the biggest dangers. But uh, I've marked Ladies of London $2.70, currently 4 bucks. BJ. Um, I'm pretty keen to get involved and hopefully see her run second to fair justice. Uh, you middled that as far as my analysis is uh, concerned, Terry. Ladies of London map carries weight. Um, strong form. They found the, a bit of a trick to her by keeping her fresh four weeks between runs, um, actually five weeks between runs, but um, they don't ask too much of her. They just get her right for that, uh, for a particular race and attack that. Last start in that race, Time to Sizzle wins. Came out, next start runs third to Mood Swings, Santiago, Gal, Plutocracy. Um, good form reference Lipstick there. Lipstick flickers. So, uh, third in that race was Newhead. Fourth in the race was Lipstick Flickers. <laughs> how did, how did that out. go? <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, uh, going along with the ambulance as well. Um, fourth home, Lipstick Flickers, subsequent winner. Fifth home, Amelia's Contraire, subsequent winner. Sixth home was Santiago Gal, who came out from that race mm-hmm. and ran second at her next start. So that is actually quite a good form reference for Ladies of London. Attacked the line really strongly, was 3-4 wide the entire 58 kilos. That, had, that win had a bit of gut. That performance had a bit of depth to it. Won't have to do as much work. I agree with Bosnip's just going to set up the race, set up the speed and set up the, the, uh, the galloping room perfectly for Ladies of London if Joey has a party, plays his cards right. And uh, I think it's going to take a fair effort from something to come from behind Ladies in London and defeat her. So she's my on topper. I was 350. Not as bullish as you, but still keen. Yeah, I probably had her a little thinner. It was more the fact that I couldn't I couldn't mark a, a, you couldn't, an yeah, obvious you second favourite. City really, Circle, so. I had to have second favourite. Pink and grey on speculation. Fair justice wasn't far from them. Um, I, I took Bosnip on at the 1200. That was probably my major pass. I took off Chief, Chief Archer as well with the uh, little injury yep. concern back to 1200 so just wasn't anything else in this this is going to get the map no. um yeah no. pretty keen to kick this off as my first uh, major investment for the day race three of the day is the capel vale winery handicap mm. a uh, it's ended up being a 59 plus for the th- handicap for the three-year-olds over 1200 meters and do we have a s- Key scratching this morning, yeah, Terry. Yeah, VT. The VT Commodore is out. Vane Tempest is out bummer. of the race. That's so, a bummer. Yeah, I thought Vane Tempest could have played a, a some part uh, in the finish. I thought she was uh, she was pretty uh, pretty impressive defeating Bosnip and second to kiss on all four cheeks before that. So disappointing mm. for Paige Kenny and Jade McNaught that she won't uh, take her place. But this is still a very, very interesting race. Um, for good, de- good race. It good is race. a good race. For debt to start, mm. it's going to be everyone's on top. We, we all know that that's going to be um, she's going to be extremely hard to go past. But for me, what we have to do here is then uh, make her, uh, I'm probably 
jumping the gun, BJ. Vedetta star, which should be on your on topper. 100%. Yeah, 100%. She's going to be everyone's, but I think the key is we need to decide what's a backable price. Um, well, you, know, you can do that for me because all my prices are calculated with Vane Tempest in the field. Have you readjusted? Oh, I haven't, but Vane Tempest was no. 11 bucks. So I was just knocking 10% off. So um, right, okay. it's basically- a bit shorter than that. Yep. Okay. So we're basically looking at- um, we're looking at the fact that Vedette's start. A first up, you got to say just to her advantage um, was the fact that the two leaders chopped at each other. Um, but to her advantage uh, that day, but to her advantage here is the fact she now has race experience. She draws well. I don't think she needs to get as far back. There isn't all that much speed in this. Um, Bunbury tends to play well in the spot she'll be in early on. The twelve hundred, in theory, should suit her the way she hit the line, and they won't go too hard here. Uh, Chrissy Parnham's now got a feel for her. So there's a lot of positives in her favour. Um, Market-wise, Secret Plan is always going to take up a big chunk of the market, but we probably have to start looking at the fact Secret Plan isn't as good as we first thought, and we're going to have to use – this is how I'm seeing Secret Plan as well, at least, BJ. Tell me if you think I'm wrong. We're going to probably use Secret Plan as a horse. We continually try to get beaten until the market catches up with the fact that she isn't maybe as good as we thought. She's a good horse, don't get me wrong. Um, but, but the fact that she's $4.20, he, that's yeah, definitely he, uh, (laughs) the fact he's $4.20 from barrier 11 and Pikey's not on, that's just got to be a bit thin. That very simply just has to be a little bit thin. So, um, then you got, I see red hot dead, et cetera. Uh, so Vedette to start, I come up with about $2.20 after that scratching. Um, I could have, I, I could have probably got Vedette to start as short as a dollar, no, as short yeah. as a dollar yeah. 90, probably. It wouldn't surprise me if Vedette to start trades dollar 90, two bucks. But, um, for me, it's a question of price here, BJ. Yeah. I just did a quick adjustment while you were laying mm. out the race there and I, it landed on two fifteen. Mm. So, um, that was uh, just depends how you want to bet, doesn't it? Do you want to take yeah. a ten center over at that price? I mean, what, one thing I love doing though, and you, it's the way I punt. I really get the opportunity too, because I'm always looking at backing the big overs for my prices. It's nice to back a good horse, especially one on the way up. Like if she wins well yeah. today, she might go around the dollar fifty the next couple. You know, so and and like so, icy red, icy red leads. I suspect. Um, Hot Z works forward from. No, Jack- I, don't, I don't think icy red will lead. Uh, really? I haven't spoke to Luke, so don't quote me on this, but the blinkers are off and I know that I know that Luke has always wanted to sit her. I know him, him, him. Gee whiz. I know that Luke has always wanted to sit him. And after a failure like that, uh, knowing, um, oh, broadcast, BJ's, Sorry, BJ's got a little, uh, yeah. Is that Bernie? Oh. Just say, is he texting you in capital letters? <laughs> yeah, is your dad's the best Facebooker in the world. He's got, um, the, he's got, a, he's got a special album in his own. Oh, does he? I might need that later. Um, <laughs> I see Red will take a sit. That's that's my opinion is that he'll look to take a sit after the failure on Magic Millions Day when leading BJ. So my thought process is- that Does that mean Dark Assault leads? Well, that's, that's where I was about to take this conversation to, BJ. I okay. think Dark Assault um, isn't very quick away, but I think Dark Assault will lead the race. The other options were Vane Tempest, Alpha and Omega, and I'm pretty confident uh, Steve and Sean will want to take a sit with Alpha and Omega. And then Hot Z only ended up in front by default. So I think they'll just happy to be saunter across with Hot Z. But the only horse that will have an intent to lead or race prominently in my mind is Dark Assault. Mm-hmm. 
And for me, for me, for me, for me, at the 20, currently $26, there's not much up here price-wise. Uh, for me, Dark Assault is the bet for the race each way. Now, it's, this is an interesting one because Dark Assault last campaign simply didn't turn up. Uh, I think he had four or five starts last campaign. Went okay, but just plotted his yeah, some of the Some of the runs were... Yeah, Pretty just good, just okay. They weren't. They, he yeah. ran second in a Karakata. Um, he's run second to Gemma's son in the Perth Stakes, beating Charlton Eddie two lengths away. Third, he's run the Magic Millions was huge. None of the runs lived up to that standard. He wasn't horrid, but none of the runs. I thought his best run last prep was classic, a three-year-old classic, the classic yeah, by Clem a mile. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But my theory is whatever Roy's doing with his team at the moment, however he's training his team at the moment. They're all flying again. Now we saw Dark Assault first up from Barrier 13 back to probably about $2.10 into $1.50 hard on Betfair. It was just hard, hard money. Chrissy Parnham it was, sat him. It was an avalanche, wasn't it? Oh, it was something else. Chrissy Parnham sat him three and four deep the trip, doing all of the work. Uh, and he still won pretty well. Like I know it was a he beat nothing. Well, the second horse is actually pretty smart, Ginger Grain. But after that, he beat very little. But the way he won was out of a horse who's returned in fine fettle. So if we chuck him out in front, rolling along, Mitchie Pateman, you couldn't ask for a more suitable hoop. If he finds that Gemma's son, Charlton Eddie form um, from the Caracatta, where he was probably stiff not to win the Caracatta, half a million dollar race. Um, out in front, if if Vedette to star finds a little bit of trouble, blah, blah, blah. Um, I just think at 26 bucks, I've marked him with the scratching of Vane Tempest and the fact that now he'll definitely, in my mind, find the front. Or if he doesn't find the front, takes a sit, that's okay. He'll be handy. Um, I think the 26 bucks each way is a really simple each way investment. And I'm um, I'm really happy being on Dark Assault here, BJ. Mm, okay. You are right. Whatever Roy is doing this season in particular it just means that whatever Dark Assault was doing last prep, you would imagine that you can add lengths to that. And, um, and yeah, and his very peak form, his very best form um, certainly stacks up. Uh, speaking of Roy, what do you think of Fangio last week? Terry? Yeah, I, I thought Fangio went. Um, I thought Fangio went good. It was a funny old run race. I thought they'd walked and then the data came through and they didn't probably go as, uh, as slowly as I'd yeah. first, first thought, but yeah, um, yeah, no, Roy's, all of Roy's, what what they have at the moment, and we're going to touch on one a little bit later, which I'm quite enthused to talk about. Um, they're all, they can handle a torrid time or they can handle yeah, a lot of work got, to get to the top. Stamina. Sta- yeah. yeah, that's exactly the word I was after was stamina. So, yeah, um, yeah. yeah no, they're uh, they're going super. So if you're going to have a spec on a roughie at the moment, it's got R. Rogers next to it. I'm pretty happy to do so. Mm, interesting that uh, if I see red, Icy red hands up to Dark Assault. That leaves Vedette to start three back the fence, which is where she was when she won the other day, coiled up and yep. exploded. So it's still um, just it, it can be a different race setup. It can, yeah, it can three be, back the be. fence. If she gets out with one fifty to go, that might be fifty meters too late. So exactly. Um, yeah. But don't get I mean, me, don't the, get me wrong, BJ. If, if if we're seeing some, if there's some secret plan money or some Alpha and Omega money or whoever the money comes for, and we see some two fifty late. Um, yep. I'll be I'll be getting involved at 250 plus. Um, but yep. just the the 220 we're looking at at the minute uh, is it 220? Uh, 225. 225. Yep. Yeah, we're looking at it at the minute. Just just probably 20 30 cents short of what I what I need to play. Okay. So yeah, I yeah. Even like in running daylight in the straight, Vedette Star gets out in time. Should be winning. Uh, I'd actually had Vane Tempest as the biggest danger. Mm-hmm. She obviously comes out, which changes uh, a bit of the. Bit of the setup as well from a map point of view. Uh, 
I'm not as down on Secret Plan. I thought his run was not that far inferior to Triple Missile the other day. Sectional times were basically the same. Triple Missile, I will be tipping to win the uh, Breeders' Classic. Spoiler, Spoiler alert. alert. <laughs> Later in the day. So, uh, but from Just 11, to- it's going to get back to last. It's going to need. It's going to need to be pretty mighty to come back from to come from there and knock off some of these. Just to clarify that comment, sorry, BJ. I'm I'm in the same boat. I'm definitely not knocking Secret Plan as a horse. I'm knocking how the market is yeah, viewing the, the Secret market. Plan. Yep. So I, yep. I've got Secret Plan as my second elect at seven dollars fifty. Yep. Uh, what have you priced Secret Plan? I was well, yeah. He'll be in a bit now. I, I think he's a five dollar chance for mine. Secret okay. Plan. Okay. Yep. The, the main thing I was saying, I think the market is still not catching up with the fact that I mean, from that gate with a vedette to start having the the cushier barrier, and then not as much speed in this. It, there's no way he's a four dollar twenty chance. You know, he's still got to be trading six seven plus. I'd suggest so yep. that allows us to get a bit of meat on the bone for a few other runners potentially. Very good. So, yeah, and uh, there's some nice horses in this race as well. Hot Zed's won three in a row. Goes good. Alpha and Amiga's a smart filly. Uh, has won two from four, but could have, you arguably could have won all four. Uh, Icy Red, Icy Red's got a, a lot of ability. They're still trying to work out the best way to, to ride that particular horse. And, of course, uh, Secret Plan, Cerise and White. Big, got a big, big finish on him, but might be spotting them a too big a head start. But yep. even like in running, Daylight, Vedette de Star should win again. Very exciting type. Yep, should be winning. But uh, for me, I'm going to go Dark Assault each way. Uh, that is currently the value play at 26 bucks each way. I'm really happy being on Roy Rogers on a horse I think will lead and perhaps recapture yep. the form of the Karakata campaign. You've hopped aboard. I've hopped aboard. I'm staying aboard as well. Another, <laughs> another spoiler alert, I'll be staying aboard as well. Okay. Race four is the MGIB Handicap. 1,000-meter mm. race. It's uh, it's actually a rating 78 plus, but uh, needed to raise the weights in the, from an um, internal handicapper's point of view. It's actually a 74 plus. So Gemma's son Matt me. comes back. Comes back for, Matt me? Okay. Matt me. I have, unless you're going to say that they're going to sit Zeeble, which <laughs> I would uh, <laughs> find astonishing Luke uh, Fernie. Uh, Zeeble leads... Gemma Sun outside leader, excellent dream in the box seat, secret assault, doing its darndest to hold up in the 1-1. One, one. Yeah, good placement, I think, there from Troy Buswell, isn't it? Um, sorry, Kevin Buswell in <laughs> um, in uh, with secret assault. What a, that's, he he uh, could have found an easier assignment. I, re- I reckon he could have found a slightly easier assignment. Yeah, that, that's mm. that's probably well said. Um, yes, mm. I uh, I agree. That's that's bang on the map. I think uh, Gemma's son will um, will allow Zeeble to cross, and then um, if Zeeble does its usual trick of carding along, Gemma's son can roll in behind, otherwise can go to the breeze, whatever. Makes sense. Um, in that sense, I'm going to take on Zeeble first of all. I think it's the market elect with the company I'm currently looking at on my computer. We must just, just at 11.50, there's only uh, markets up at Tab Touch and um, Sports about 365. There isn't much happening now. So when Green Tab go up, that all the markets will adjust. So if any of the prices are far different to what we're saying now, that that would be the reason um, okay. they haven't all come up as yet. But Zeeble's your $3.10 favourite. That's a false favourite for mine. Uh, 59 kilos is a massive impost to have. First up for him, I think he gets the top runs along, gives cheek, but I think he's more of a $7 chance, BJ. So uh, if those prices hold up and last, we're pretty happy taking him on. Um, excellent what, dream. What price? He's currently $3.10. 550, Brad Bet. Is he? Oh, there's a bit of a, hang on, this is a bit of, yeah, what are we going to refer? We need to actually clarify this. No, oh, I, just, I, just sh- thought that. I, I just thought that was interesting. Okay, so race, I just forgot the lads' bets. Jeez, I'm useless here. Race one, first of all, BJ, race one. This is the only one we have so far. Latham, Anderson, the four man, 
who's a long way in France, got 20 wins on looks, not everything. He's uh, hoping the flat spot doesn't cost Christy Bennett the ability to make a run at him. So 20 wins, Latham Anderson, looks, not everything. And before we get into this race, all three of the lads, BJ, have tipped the same horse. In race four. In race four. You ready? I'm going to drop it straight away so I don't forget. And they've all had – it's all drop the, it, drop it, Drop it like it's hot. It's too. their biggest bet of the day too. So Tommy Johnston has just dropped his 100. He's just said, whack-a-rooney. What's he on, do you reckon? What all three of them? The same horse. Jemison? No. That's what Zeeble. I would have thought. No. Excellent dream. Excellent dream. So Tommy Johnston right? grabbed the mic, lifted it above his head and dropped it and said, I'm going to have 100. Excellent dreams. Uh, Latham's got 50 excellent dreams. It's funny for Latham now. He's sort of cheering against it well, from a competition point of view because yeah. he probably doesn't want Tommy to snare the full 100. And then uh, Riley has got 60 excellent dreams. So the lads are, Ooh. yeah, so the lads are hoping. They're in, a, they're in cahoots. They are. Well, I know that Tommy and Riley do do their form together or have, have discussions, but uh, I think Latham's a separate entity completely. So, um, yeah, 50, uh, 160. So the lads have gone whack, whack, whack on excellent dream who should get a nice cat and uh, is a horse who knows how to win. But – BJ. Bit of money around for excellent dream this morning as yeah, well. Yeah, so. at this stage we can't call it money. I, I just, it's, it's just, it's hard to. Well, Riley, Tom, and uh, Latham. Yeah, five fifty. Well, yeah, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, the five fifty was probably fair enough. I'm just grabbing my yeah, price yeah, up here. I, yeah. I, ninety five percent market. I got excellent dream five ninety. But mm. I've probably got, um, I've probably got Jamison a little shorter than I should have. Um, I'm. Look, it's a really, really interesting statistic here for you, BJ. Um, you know that Pinjara Classic meeting where Gemma Sun went around a three dollar forty favorite. Yep. How many horses that day led or breezed and ran a place? Tell me. None. How's that? Yeah, and not many would have led at the tempo that Gemma's son led mm, either. But how's that though? Like, I, yeah. there were, don't get me wrong, it was a day so where no, no, no breeze horse either. No, not not ran a place. Not one ran a yep. place. The only horse that raced without cover was Lucy Manette, who ran um, second or third, then went absolute dog shit yesterday. Um, so what are you on? yeah, could you tell by my the tone <laughs> in my, the tone in my voice? Um, <laughs> the the only uh, so that. I'm not going to put that entirely down to the pattern because there's a lot of races where the leaders probably weren't entitled to, but there were a few races where they're entitled to do a lot more. So for whatever reason, I'm not going to try and overthink why it happened. I just know it did happen. Um, the Gemma Sun run to be beaten 1.6 is not um, the end of the world, obviously against our top line sprinters who are up at the moment. So um, look, I, I think the drop back to a thousand is a slight query. We'd prefer the 1200, but Gemma Sun's quick. Jason Brown pinged her out there. And if she can ping out, allows the to cross, they just let Chrissy just has to pop out and let the horse run and, and, and run his numbers and run his times. Um, and I think I think Gemma's son will be super hard to get past with the 57. The fact he carries less weight than Zebel and Excellent Dream that's a um, that's a pretty big fillip for mine. But BJ, the dreaded bar plate goes on Gemma's son, dreaded, dreaded bar plate, which uh, which concerns me greatly. I must admit, BJ, and, and it was late at night. I did these races in reverse. So I started, well, I did the three features and then I started at 10 and went backwards. Um, so it was quite late and I still had nine to go at Geraldton. <laughs> so in my defense, I didn't actually see the bar plate until <laughs> this morning when I'd already marked the races. So I've already had a little bet on Gemma's son, which I am no longer as bullish about. But look, if um, David Harrison can whack the bar plate on Gemma's son without, uh, without any ill effects, um, I do think Gemma's son 
will be very hard to beat. But uh, look at the current prices. I think it's a day where we're just going to try and tip a little bit of value. Um, I don't know if this bloke has returned at his last couple as, as well as he can run. But um, I thought Guns and Navarone uh, jumped, actually jumped ahead of Cramden and Time to Sizzle and all the other quick horses seven days ago, but he had to be restrained from the wide alley. He ended up back near last, only beaten three and a half. Uh, he's he's never going to win races settling in the second half of the field. So I think Chrissy Parner can bang him out just about find the back of Gemma's son here as long as Secret Salt doesn't get in his way. And um, I just think naturally Guns of Navarone will improve into a campaign with that type of run. So, um, yeah, at the current marks, um, which, as we just said, are a little bit different pending where you look. Uh, the 390 about Gemma's son on Sportsbet looks good and the um, the $17 about uh, Guns of Navarro in there doesn't look too bad either for a horse. I've got 12, so it's not massive overs, BJ, but um, yeah, that, that's the way I'm looking. Not not a race I'm super keen on. Plenty of respect for uh, excellent dream as all the lads enjoy with the nice favourable run and th- there's no reason that photocracy can't keep winning either. You're, uh, you're mate. Well, Funny you mentioned plutocracy, Terry, because he's my on top selection oh. in the leg up. I'm going to go. I'm going to go again. Just lobbing all your uh, winnings back on. Yeah, yeah. It was a bit of Miller magic last Saturday. Treble for Simon A. I think the he obviously, as he um, outlined in the interview, he has a really good handle on his team at the moment. Seven day the Simon result, this week, isn't he? The, the seven day Simon. <laughs> the uh, the um, plutocracy. Uh, well, actually, really well handled by Paddy Carberry in the last there. Three wide cover, peeled launch, pretty much as we um, outlined in the um, on the show last week. On the as we're previewing uh, the Get Out Stakes last episode, he just gunned down mood swings. Um, I think he had you know four uh, was it four kilos, four and a half kilos more than mood swings, and managed to get over the top of him in the last couple of bounds. Sectional times were strong. Um, prior to that, I thought his run behind mood, uh, mood swings in that in a fast thousand at Ascot was really good. Uh, gate two is probably a slight deterrent. However, the um, the Zebel being in the field just has a natural way of stretching stretching the um, stretching them out. I expect the the tempo. I think Plutocracy thrives on uh, genuine speed, allows him to settle. He can actually quicken off a genuine tempo. Paddy Carberry will hopefully be looking to angle him out across heels into space at the top of the straight. The way that he set out after mood swings and and sort of attacked the line with ferocity. Last Saturday leads me to think that Plutocracy, seven-day back up. I don't think he's ever done it before, but uh, I'm, I'm going to go again, Plutocracy. I think he can be the strongest late and, and win maybe in a similar fashion to what he did at Ascot last Saturday. Very good, BJ. Um, so, yeah, for, and, and for me, just on the Gemma Sun thing, um, 1,300 back to 1,000 off a real gut buster, bar plates on uh, Zebel in the field, creating a really uh, strong uh, testing Tempo, um, just enough enough queries there for me to be willing to to take on uh, Jemison in a fashion. Look, what for price? Me, what price he, he, for, for Jemison? For, for me, he does look uh, a class above these horses. Mm. In in um, to be fair, uh, just there's a couple of little red flags there. Where I think, oh mate, I might try and try and get him beat. I still marked him favourite. Don't get me wrong. What, what price? Um, roughly, I was three dollars. Three dollars, Jemison. Yeah, so that's that's yeah. this is a great point. So it's funny you're looking yeah. at uh, Tab Touch and for what I'm looking at Sportsbet because that's what's yeah. on my screen at the minute. Yeah, and um, so you're going, yeah, three twenty. I mean, an R-ing and I'm going, well, 390. Yeah, you beauty. Yeah, let's let's yeah. go. Because 390 yeah. is a bet. 320, I'm like, 
It's um yeah. yeah well, I mean, there's not really a lot of horses taking a heap of percentage off. Like, especially if you if you want to dial uh, wind out Zebu, if you want to wind out Jericho Missile. Um, depends what you really want to do with Excellent Dream. You can have him hard. You can have him a little bit softer. It just means that Gemma's son is going to have to take up a large section of the market. Yep, exactly, exactly right. And uh, if the lads have their way, Excellent Dream will be backed off the map. Yeah, well, I, the, the boys must know something that I, I I really like. Excellent dream. I think it's a good setup for for this horse. Thirty five days between runs. That win with sixty kilos, sitting basically sitting three three Tough. wide the entire, and still getting the job done. That was that was pretty good. So um, yeah, this is another step up for Excellent Dream. See what uh, see what this horse can can do at Bunbury on Saturday. But for me, I'm going to stick with uh, the uh, Militime plutocracy each way. That's very good. So it's for me. It's uh, well, I do like Gemma. I'm still going to tip Gemma's son, but uh, if you if you're shopping around that three dollar mark, that's not enough, and we'll look for a bit of value. We're going to just try and search for a bit of value where applicable here. And I think Guns of Navarone can run you a race, and I wouldn't be surprised if it even creeps out a bit above that seventeen dollar mark. To be honest, BJ. So a little bit, uh, a little bit each way. Guns of Navarone, unless you can secure the near four bucks for Gemma's son. Perfect. All right, BJ. It's time for a Mundaring Hotel WA Racing Mastermind competition. Thanks, Terry. The Mundaring has been the heart of the hills since 1899, located in just Jacoby Street, Mundaring. If you get a chance, like I did last Saturday with my good friend Tommy Atkinson, we had a superb feed up at the Mundaring. So uh, drop in if you're in the neighbourhood. See the publican, Ian Butchie O'Connor. Say day. Let him know you're a 1-1 listener. Feed, flutter, froffies. Families, we actually uh, had a uh, had a um, a beverage on the uh, on Butchie's big deck last Saturday as oh, well. It deck. was uh, it was quite warm actually, uh, but it was a uh, very picturesque surroundings there at the uh, at the Mundaring. So the team is doing a f- tremendous job. So uh, congratulations to episode sixty five racing mastermind winner Timmy Marlow. Timmy is now a dual mastermind winner, and he's also won a Get Out Stakes in recent times as well. So he's having a 1-1 fill-up at the moment. That $100 gift voucher, Tim, that is currently in the mail. So make sure you enjoy your time up at the Mundaring. Now, Timmy speaking Crown. Of, speaking of uh, winners of various podcast publications, I was at a little first birthday party last Sunday, and uh, four-time winner, Sean Nichols, was, uh, was present so he said he's, uh, he's been sticking. Yeah, the goat. He said he's been sticking to chicken lately because uh, he hasn't won the stakes for so long. So uh, I don't know. I expect him to roar home at uh, at Bunbury this weekend. So I reckon we should be following the goat selection in the last today uh, Saturday. The goat. Yeah. All right. Well, that's that's interesting because he has mm. been laying low. So I've just been uh, waiting for him to reemerge and make his presence mm. felt on the Get Out Stakes uh, leaderboard. So um, I was about to say that. Um, speaking of winners, that you won past the parcel or something, Terry, at that first birthday party, did you? No, I haven't. Haven't. Uh, haven't won anything in twenty twenty one at this stage. Music, this point in musical time, chairs. So. Was it? Nah, not, not even close, mate. Not even close. I'm the one still standing. <laughs> all righty. To be crowned this week's mastermind, you need to answer the following four questions correctly question one terry pen and paper at the ready who rode material man to victory in the 2017 bunbury cup question two name this year's bunbury cup acceptor 
He's currently in the field. Who finished second to Burger Time in the 2019 Bunbury Cup? Gee, that was a bit of an upset, wasn't it? Burger Time. He would have been. That'd be. He would have been. That'd be. That'd be Big Caroline, wouldn't it? <laughs> Big Caroline was attempting the uh, Cogent Up Cup. Historic I'm gonna, Cup, yeah, I, Bunbury Cup we'll double, till, but just missed. So uh, we'll, we'll come. We'll wait that. till we get there. We'll wait till we get there. But grow up, Brian. Honestly, grow up, Brian. You are kidding me. And grow up, stewards. Just everybody needs to grow up in this situation. Anyway, I'm sorry. Keep going with your mastermind. mastermind. Okay. Question three: Name the trainer jockey combination who teamed up to win the 2019 Bunbury Stakes with Akinar Star. For a friend of the podcast, What Up Walks, trainer and jockey. And to round off, question four, name the now prominent WA Stallion who won the 2008 Bunbury Stakes impressively for Darren McAuliffe. They are the four questions for this week's WA Racing Mastermind. Please get your ent- entries in via direct message on Twitter at the one one pod, and you can be in the running for that one hundred dollar gift voucher to the Mundaring. Terry, how are we going to do this? Uh, I've, I reckon I might have battled here. Um, oh, actually, I'm changing my answer to that one. Um, and the first one was a toss up. I've gone for the one that's least likely, so I'll just try and show you there. I don't. Oh. Can you see that? Yeah, you've got question two and question three correct. So 50% for the guru. Yeah, number one was I knew I should have gone the other way. So, anyway. Uh, so that's, uh, anyway. That's, that's the mastermind. Actually, I was impressed with Tommy Johnson. He was uh, he was Yeah, pretty, he's all over yeah, it, wasn't he? Was he was pretty sharp. He's got a bit of a yeah. mastermind there on him. And so, um, yeah. yeah, that was good last week. So uh, let's see what Latham can do when he jumps on the show mm. next week. Okay. No right. pressure, no pressure, Latham. Race five. Let's keep kicking. Huge day, Bunbury Cup day. I love it. This is the William William Barrett and Sons vase. I don't mind a vase, like a, a race. We should have more races named vase. Is it a, a Chaminda? I'd love to win a race as vase. It sounds very um, mm, noble. Better than a plate? Yeah, better than a plate, I reckon. Vase. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. I, I like well. it. Like first, first time I've ever really I've considered it, to be honest, BJ. So I'll spend some time and um, I'll come up with my response to that uh, in next week's podcast. Yeah, do so. Mm. Looking forward to it. Yeah, everyone will look forward to that all week, I'm sure. <laughs> all right, BJ, the tough, William tough Barrett. Race. The, tough race. Yeah, it is a tough race. Um, I'm not not a race I'm overly uh, keen to get too involved in here, but it's, it's a good race to dissect nonetheless. I think from a speed map point of view, um, B Quick was forced to hand up to Danny Bella last start when uh, Danny Bella showed more gate speed. I don't think they would have been happy handing up. I think they think the B Quick probably does um, her best work when rolling. Front, so yep. expect expect to see B Quick really show some tenacity. And I was think she a Dion bit slow away the other day. B Quick, yeah, a little like, bit, yeah, a, a little bit, a bit a on the back bit. foot when they jumped. A yeah. little bit, yeah, she was, she was. It was a fourth day wicket. You should always be getting on the front foot in the fourth day wicket. Uh, the ball can the ball can skid on. A little bit, <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. But Lactar was very keen to, to 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 he wasn't taking no prisoners on Danny Bella on that out in front on that occasion. So, Speaking yeah. about um, ball skinning on, did I tell you about uh, your friend of the podcast, Maddie Connaughton? Have I told you about that one, Conno? Yeah, Conno. He um, plays cricket down south for the uh, the Bustleton or whatever team it is, the Obs. And uh, first three pills of the game took a hat trick. Did he really? Yeah, first it's been all over my cricket, and it's gone. He reckons he's getting Facebook friend requests from people all around the world wanting to talk to him about it. It, might it, was, be, on the, yeah. it was on the radio this morning talking about it. So they might want um, him back over playing uh, 
cricket in in England this uh, yeah. this winter. Well, he did his hammy two overs later. So I think he finished with a, I think he finished with about three for five or Is two he overs or something. He missed the IPL draft too. That's a shame. Yeah, he missed the IPL draft. Yeah, exactly right. So anyway, this is a uh, really interesting speed map. That's the reason I wanted to discuss those couple of runners. Scooter's machine has found a new lease of life um, for Christy Bennett and Chris Gilbert. It would appear to me, BJ, as though Christy Bennett has opted for Scooter's machine over Weapon Sun, which mm. is a um, little bit of a push. There might be a certain affiliate to that stable that I don't know of as strongly, so I wouldn't look too deep into it. But, um, yeah, good uh, good little push there for uh, for Christy on Scooter's Machine, who sat three deep at um, at his last, last couple last and two, one. Yeah. But my problem for Scooter's here, BJ, is the fact that I think Charlton Eddy might be a little bit too sharp over the first 100 metres, and I think Charlton Eddy might be able to cross and come to the breeze, potentially if be quick slowly away, even find the top again. But uh, I'm expecting Charlton Eddy without doubt lands first two in running. Um, and that's the, that's, they're the three main elements to the map, if you agree with me there, BJ. What are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, the, the only thing is if, if, um, be quick doesn't begin as, uh, as, as quickly as, uh, she can, Charlton Eddie has the, has the gate speed to, um, cross, cross to cross and, and lead, but yeah, he, yeah, I, I think Geordie Turner will probably be happy enough sitting outside be quick. who does like to roll along as well. So, yep. um, it's yeah, just more about yeah. for, I'm more the map wise, it's more important for me where Scooter's machine lands. If Scooter's yeah. machine lands, yep. takes cover, then that's, that's Scooter's biggest weapon with the 52 taken away. Scooter's needs and, to be um, rolling, whether yeah. it be first or second or three deep, wherever it is, just needs to be rolling. Yeah. And, uh, Majanique is an interesting runner as well. Cause, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think Majanique has got the speed anymore. The yeah, last couple, it's been, just, been a little bit tardy. But he won't be last though, will he? So he's sort of going to be in that floating midfield three wide position perhaps causing headaches. I, ca- I think it'll causing just be ugly. Yeah. Mm, and on, on top of that, you got Don's legacy uh, who likes to race close to the speed. you got Weapon Son who can go forward, but I suspect because um, he's, he's pretty versatile, I suspect they'll go back um, with Weapon Son. Yeah. And even tra- Transgressor on his day with the blinkers going on is a horse that can show a fair bit of gate speed too. Yeah. The older legs probably don't allow him to challenge for the lead in this anymore, but um, yeah, really, really interesting in that sense. And um, look, I think if Charlton Eddie if, if he does cross and find the top with a degree of ease, which I don't think it will be with a degree of ease, there yeah. should be enough speed underneath him. Then I think Charlton Eddie probably just wins. Um, but from the breeze, it's it's a lot tougher assignment over the twelve hundred meters against the older horses with some reasonable ones parked up behind you. So um, yeah, interested how this race unfolds, BJ. Charlton Eddie for me was it was always going to be a potential price investment, and I knew when I did my notes. Um, I, my notes basically say if I get $4.50 or above, I'll be back in Charlton Eddie. And so I mean, it's $3, uh, $3 sports bet and, um, Brad bet. It is also $3. So they're, they're agreeing there. It's just, it's just not a backable price for me. It's, it's the one I've got on top, but, um, happy to watch him go around and win without me at that price, BJ. I look, I, I don't know. Are you, are you keen on anything here? I, I'll, I'll spec no, something, but Charl- um, you Charl- jump in first. Charlton Eddie, your marked favorite $4 though. Yeah, um, there you go. I, I've got him three fifty, so yep. that's the thing. So we're we're so, pretty aligned on the fact he's on top. It's just you just need the price to bet, though, don't you? Yeah, I'm not I'm not super keen on it. This is I wouldn't be surprised if really anything other than maybe Maginica, perhaps, or Trans, Transgressor definitely would win this race. It's throw a blanket. I mean, it's even Don's funny, Le- they're, the, Don's they're Le- the only. 
You go. Sorry. They're the only two I didn't mark, actually. Yeah. Imaginica and Transgress, the two I don't think can win. So. Yeah. So, I mean, even Diablery could bob up. He's, he's raced in I've, better races than this. Don's Legacy ran third to Resort Man and Weapon Son. Two have you seen Diablery's record at Bunbury? Oh, outstanding. What is he? Uh, Loves it, yeah. Seven starts, five Seven. wins. Yeah. So, I just think Diablery looks a little bit tired yeah, now. It's, 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 been, it's been a long campaign. I mean, Absolute's coming through graduation, drops in weight, mm. flying for Lukey Fernie. For me- Appreciate the top end speed. Yeah. Yep. For me, I- I tipped Charlton Eddy in the leg up. However, if I had my time again, if I'm I going, had my time again, oh, good song. Um, I would do it all the same. same. Uh, Bogart. Now, but this. Oh, no. Listen, hear me out. So, no. Uh, maybe Bogart's a sprinter. So, he, um, I just think you the way that you laid out that speed map, it's gonna, there's going to be pressure on. And Bogart uh, began well over 1,400 metres for William Pike the other day, carried 60 kilos to defeat What About Moses. It was a good win, has been kept fresh by Adam Durant since Chris Parnham goes up. I just think he's going to be in a really prime position, just back a pair from from the speed. Um, uh, Adam Durant might, might be trying to turn him into more of a, more of a sprinter. And uh, I just feel as though he's going to be well positioned, He that that what about Moses' form looks good. That was a good win first up. His 1,200-meter form is actually quite good. And um, I just feel as though if Charlton Eddy has to breeze outside, be quick, he's going to be perhaps perhaps vulnerable late. Be quick is going to be a, a touch vulnerable late. Weapon Sun's probably going to have to get back from 10. Uh, Scooter's Machine needs that galloping room is what Terry alluded to. Absolute gets back. Um, yeah, I just feel as though Bogart's just going to be the right horse in the right spot, and uh, I think he can give this a shake each way. Yeah, I don't mind. Well, the fact he's gone up sort of nine bucks yeah. isn't the end of the world. I've, I've got him tick over 10, so it's, it's not for me at the 1,200, but uh, I can ex- see exactly what you're saying if they uh, chop and chop and whack each other out in front. If you're getting if you're getting a pink and white horse with uh, a Durant C. Parnham next to the name at near 10 bucks each way, you're a... Uh, yeah, you can't do you can't go a great deal wrong, really, can you? But um, basically, I think you just summarised that really well. This is a race full of knocks, yep. isn't it? You can yep. just find reasons to knock everything. So I'm just going to have um, a little spec. Currently, seventeen, eighteen bucks. I think I think it'll be even, probably jumps even longer. But um, I think Don's legacy's been clinically diagnosed with bipolar. BJ, <laughs> so um, I'm I'm happy to. There's well, I don't know, maybe Don's legacy because I was on last start and and. I felt that Don's legacy was always traveling really nicely. Didn't get any room, got room at the 200. I don't know whether, I don't know. I, I think he just lost interest at, at a point. Maybe he did. He resented being underneath horses. Yeah, I, I remember. He's, I think he's uh, a bit of a roller these days. Don's yeah, legacy, yeah. I remember him being um, outside of horses last campaign, his last start last campaign when Bo sat him three, four deep the trip and he won. Uh, when he ran second to resort man, third, sorry, two starts ago, uh, he was sort of one off the fence following uh, Captain Kink that day and rolling into the race. Joey was on that day. Joey goes back on here. It's it's big time on trust. And I'm look, I'm not going to be having much on at all. But um, yeah, at around twenty bucks, I think we can. Um, I think I'm 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 happy having a very small bet, mainly because I'm on course and having a couple of froffies. Uh, I, I'm happy having something on Don's legacy each way. Okay, very simple. Race six is uh, the first of our features of the day. Misty Valley Thoroughbreds, Greenfields mm. Lodge, Breeders Classic. So this you is a, a you need a podcast just to read out that race name. I reckon the um, this race was actually scheduled to be run last month, but the uh, that was the first day of our snap lockdown. It was when COVID came to Perth, and uh, 
Uh, how many races did we run that day? I think it was three. We ran the first three at Bunbury that day, and the rest of the program had to be abandoned. This Breeders' Classic was supposed to be run that day. It has been rescheduled to Bunbury Cup, Bunbury Stakes Day, um, shrewdly, because it has attracted a small but select field. And uh, to be fair, there's only really, for mine, two winning chances. I'm with you. Maybe three at a stretch, Two. but the Two. rest of them I didn't even price. So um, uh, it's going to be are you – what corner are you going to be in? This is what the this is what the punting public and the uh, the onlookers are going to be asking themselves, am I going to be in the kiss on all four cheeks, proven, outstanding filly, has the runs on the board, am I going to be in her corner or am, am I going to um, – be with the up and comer, the uh, the potential could be anything, unbeaten, three starts, three wins, triple missile. It's a bit of a uh, a bit of a champ versus uh, you know contender type situation, Terry. Which uh, who do you think is going to land the big blows on Saturday? I am pretty keen. I've got a clear leaning towards the uh, the contender. Mm. in uh, in triple missile. So I, I think the barriers played a massive part in that. And that's something we, we need to I we need to um, probably dissect first of all. So now your map will probably not look like this, but I have been listening to Roy Rogers um, and he has said from a fair way out that when Island Chan gets up to the 1400, he'll be aggressive to lead. Mm. So um, I'm expecting whether he's quick enough. She, sorry, is quick enough to get there or not. I'm not sure, but I'm oh, expecting. She could, she could waltz there if she wanted to, really. Yeah, mm. she's not a pinger out the gates, but at the 1400, um, like kissing all four cheeks really begins super. That's the thing. And, and I think with the uh, blinkers going on Indigo Blue, I think there'll be aggression there. So I'm, I'm my presumption is Island Charm, Indigo Blue and kissing all four cheeks will all be ridden forward mm-hmm. here. Um, don't tell me you've got triple missile in the coveted one one. Well, I don't think it's 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 an impossibility because yeah, underneath that's we've, where got, I had it. <laughs> we've got we've got Chicklet blow me out and who's the other horse? Magical Dream, yeah. who are drawn one, two, three. Indigo Blue goes forward four. So then you got triple missile and five. Triple missile showed a bit more gate speed last start when there was a bit more intent. I, I can't see any reason why we don't get the one one on the back of Kiss on all four. Um Cheeks here, BJ. Even mm. if Island Charm and Thingy go quick enough, Kiss and all four cheeks could be left out a bit, a bit sticky and have to work to go forward or get Jags back to last. Um, it just looks a really interesting map. It's even be if a it very all uh, tactical affair, isn't it? This one. Look, yeah. and the one thing we have here is even if even if Chrissy Parnham gets, say he gets the one one somehow, or say he just drops to last, or say he waltzes to the breeze, or or it works, he could even find the top potentially. You'd hope he doesn't get there softly. She doesn't get there softly because, gee, she'd be super hard to run down with a soft lead, you'd yeah. think. But um, even under most situations of the race, I don't think it's impossible for Triple Missile. If that makes sense, I think Triple Missile can still win under all those situations. Yeah, we're taking this on. We're taking this on speculation. Um, triple missiles beat Exert, Fishhook, and Katona. Well, Kiss on All Four Cheeks has been racing against the Layers uh, times two, Snickerdoodle Dandies, Watch Me Dances. Uh, that was when she failed on the heavy track, so you can forgive Western that. Empire, so, beating Western Empire several times. Beat yeah. Western Empire, so it's a different kettle of fish, what they're racing against, but Triple Missile's done it with um, just so, so much in hand. And the fact she's only three starts in, he's only three starts in, he's got so much still to learn, but he's going to be gaining more race experience and more um, – he should be gaining more than Kissing All Four Cheeks, who's now had the 10 starts, should be gaining per outing. So, um, look, I, I marked him about 230 and 290. Um, I had Magical Dream, eight bucks, and the rest of them were nowhere near it in my market. 
Um, so look, again, I, I said this to, to someone on the phone earlier, one of my bowlers on the phone earlier that I feel like we're taking even money. Uh, we're taking sort of three, three twenty, three fifty was earlier for a coin flip, which obviously yep. you do every day of the week. So, um, yeah, put me in the triple missile camp, but, um, really, really excited to, um, sometimes this is a race where I, I sort of wish they both were just $2 30. Right. Mm. So I didn't have to have a bet <laughs> and I could just, I could just enjoy the horse race. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm choiceless at the, at the three plus for triple missile. I think, I think triple missile will start favorite and I think triple missile will um, start favorite. Really? Uh, I think you'll go very close to starting favorite Oof. if he doesn't start yeah. favorite. Yeah. I think he'll be, um, pretty well. Oh yeah. Yeah. I I'm saying that not with a, a huge amount of confidence, but they'll be, they'll be, there'll nice. be some big, big money. There'll be some big money around. I'd suggest. I suspect you've been talking to a few heavy hitters. I just feel as though the money for kissing all four cheeks lately has just been mm. huge. So um, out of this world. Yeah, it's just with the map. The, the map point of view. It depends how much the those big um, betting stables are looking at the maps and whatnot. I mean, Triple Missile does step up in grey, but Triple Missile has always carried pretty big weights as well. So mm. the fifty fives a career low. Um, yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's yeah. just and there's just so they're just last start went forward, which obviously he hasn't done before. And a horse that can come from last and win like that can go forward and win like that. I mean, if Secret Plan comes out earlier in the day and happens to win or run an absolute eye catcher um, in the Vedette to Star race, um, expect expect Triple Missile support to be even further because Secret Plan was made to look a little bit second rate by Triple Missile. So the third stringer in the race is Magical Dream, who was scheduled to be to start in the original Breeders' Classic, but she's had a setback. She was scratched from the Challenge Stakes, won by Salaya. So she's coming off a setback, Magical Dream, pretty good filly, actually, in her own right. Very However, nice. she's, yeah. a, she's, she's the third seed, that's for sure. I am uh, in the Triple Missile camp. What I really liked was that versatility you showed last start. It was yep. almost as if Paul Harvey was just dri driving a car. He just put him wherever he wanted, really. Um, he allowed the second favourite, mastering, to sort of eyeball him on the turn, come up, put him in between horses. Uh, um, triple Missile was in the breeze. Mastering was was three ride. And Harvey just was just so confident. And he just sort of uh, just sort of He let Mastering go. He let yeah. Mastering go past him to he, some degree, he didn't just, he? It was almost like a he was, it was an educational. Uh, he, he knew, didn't he? Oh, he certainly did. And when he asked uh, triple missile to go. It was just it, that acceleration was just bang was there, and then he and he sort of um, he sort of um, dropped dropped his dropped his gears, and then he sort of just uh, uh, ambled to the line. So the um, the last two hundred was a bit soft, but um, not. It was still really fast, but it could have been a heap heap faster if you oh, yeah. if he put put one around his uh, backside and really asked him to. So for me, that means that triple missile has got tactical. Um, Tactical speed. If they go slow, he can um, he can be right there and just uh, sprint quickly. And he's just from Matt's point of view, he just runs so fast that how can they either hold him out or come from behind him and get past him? And if they do roll along a little bit, which I don't suspect they will, Paul Harvey can just like he did first up on that thousand. He can just sit back, crawl up, and just let him let rip. So he's got some got some options. Triple missile. Um, this is a this is a bit of an eye test thing, isn't it? You're going proven, kissing all four cheeks against the uh, trying to trust your gut, trust your eye about what the potential, what the ceiling is for triple missile. I'm prepared. It's a map. To, it's a map I, thing yeah, too. I think I'm, I'm prepared to pay for that. Um, because, Me too. Yeah. So I was, I, as I said, I only marked three horses in the race. So I was two fifty kissing all four cheeks, two fifty triple missile, each of yeah. two. So um, yeah. that was that was my uh, ad hoc market there, and uh, yeah, I reckon triple missile is going to win. 
Me too. It's my best. Oh. There you go. Bit of a there's just spoiler alert central today, isn't there? Yeah. Deary yeah. me. Terry's, yeah, no, she, Terry's best. Whack. Triple, triple missiles, my best. I'm just excited to be. I'm already excited about Saturday, BJ. I tell you what, I reckon come Saturday morning, I'll be like a cat on a hot tin roof, it's, ready to get down there and uh, it's, just, just it's good stuff. I reckon it? I'm going to tip the card. I just got a feeling. We've, we've, we've been, I've been out of form Saturdays for a while now. I just, just got the feeling that this is going to be the day we, um, it all clicks back into gear, BJ. Just a conservative card. Tipping, yeah, just yeah, conservative, always conservative. And I'll tell you what, if we're tipping the card after the first leg of the quaddy in the city and regional fuels handicap, we'll be up for a uh, a good quadrilla because this was a um, very open start to the uh, the quadrilla. What did you mark at the field? So, what did you have your favourite price wise? Five. Well, I was I was flip flopping. Ended up four fifty pleto. Oh, you were flip flopping. Yeah, you? I was five fifty five fifty the field with. And then I ended up just bringing Pleto in a touch to four. Jeez, oh seven dollars the field. Yeah, yeah, fairly open. I didn't get Pleto to fourth favorite either, but that's basically favorite because they're so tightly bunched. But I, um, I initially, oh. initially, I had uh, I was actually trying to make a very strong case for for Lion Machine, and I see mm. that Scotty Embry, um, one of the best in the business, and uh, one one guest um, has flying machine on top, but it was just one of those races where you're just shuffling the decks and uh, got to a stage where I was like, this, this will do, Pleto on top. Yeah, I didn't, uh, haven't seen Scotty's little write up yet, but I can definitely see that with uh, with for Lion. Um, been hitting the line nicely, and Bunbury's uh, Bunbury's his track, but uh, geez, it's hard to back horses yeah. that require so much luck like that. You know, yeah. he's probably going to be three, four, five back the fence, needing gaps, but yeah, winnable. Um, this is a big for me. The first thing and the biggest thing about this race is I really want to take some runners on BJ. So I'm going to take, tell you my take on runners before we jump into it. Terry's, going to take on, uh, Terry's take ons. Terry's take ons. We're probably, oh, I'm going to have to lay the guts out of a few of these. We're going to have to take on phone. Me went poorly last start. You can't sugarcoat it. They went hard, etc. But from barrier 14, big weight back to 1400, you just got to take it on as favorite. Like that's just, you know what I mean? You're just at five bucks. You've got to take on phone. Me. Yeah, that 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 genuine tempo really really hurt it. Hurt Cooked him, yeah, hundred percent. But he, even he, he even went, he, even he, he travelled up strongly, and then then when it then when the pain kicked in, he was all oh, uh, not today, punters. And even even if um even if he's at his best, like from fourteen with fifty nine, you still you can beat your best and flood to run fourth there, you know. So, yeah. got to take it on. I'm not saying it can't win, you got to take it on take for five it on. bucks. Hey, we've got to take we've got to take on Amelia's Contraire. Super winner last start, but I reckon Paul Harvey won that race. Oh, what a in ride. the right spot, right time. Ride. Got the got the back of Beret. Uh, Petite Lafemme's run third. Deary me, I'm not yep. I'm not copping I'm not copping that. So look, we've got to, I'm not taking on Amelia's Contraire as strongly as the other ones, but we'll look to take on Camellia's Contraire. Uh, we'll have to take on. I'll live in the dream. Went up five bucks now ten, so it's probably getting out to a something closer to it. I've still got it longer, but living the dream, got a soft lead in front of the big show. And I think it was phone me. Phone me second and third. Yeah. Their next two outings, those two horses went poorly. They probably both had excuses in all fairness, but they both didn't go that well. There's no soft lead here. Got to carry the 60. Um, so living the dream, massive take on there. Uh, Dart Mission's a little bit longer in the market, but Dart Mission's not going to be getting any of my money again, I'd say. I reckon that'll have a new trainer and a new owner within 12 months, I reckon, BJ, at a dispersal so, so, so back, sale. back it for the Perth Cup right now, punters. Yeah, a little bit of a talent show. Wait till, <laughs> wait till it goes to G Ballantyne. Um, maybe uh, maybe H Ballantyne. Yeah, maybe H Ballantyne. Mm. Yeah, he, boy, he had a little uh, dispersal yeah. winner the other day, special sure view. Sure did. Mm. 
But anyway, BJ, so I'm looking a little bit uh, further afield here. Um, and I am uh, I mentioned earlier we were going to find another value, Boy Rogers runner on the card. And um, and I have uh, found it. Oh, just before we continue, Riley Morgan in the last race had 40 wins triple missile. He's with us. Good on you, Riley. Welcome aboard. All right. All right. And just so I don't forget, it's the final bet, actually. Latham, is, uh, he's with me here. And I really like this, actually. Me and Latham have agreed on a couple in the deep country as of late, but um, he's with me on Roy Rogers' Read the Riot Act um, here. He's got he's $15 each way. So that's all the boys' investments done for the day. Um, I'll read them out again at the end. But uh, Latham Anderson, 15 each way, Read the Riot Act, and Riley Morgan, 40 wins on triple missile in the previous event. But... BJ, um, read the Riot Act is a horse that is just simply low flying in Albany at the moment. We talk about how well Fangio is going. You talk about how well Big Butter Boom is going down there. There's, it's not, it's not that mad to say that read the Riot Act is going just as well, if not better than him. I mean, you go four back. We're going to just do a very quick run through read the Riot Act here. Four back, Kira, you went on wide gate, sixty kilos. Never in the race. It was such a big run. It was just such. It was just the biggest lights flashing run you'll ever see. Um, read the right X then come out to 64 plus Holly Watson's gone on from barrier eight. She's tried to cross the field, but never found the fence. Little punger held her out the entire way. They're the type of runs where the two leaders usually just cook it and say, we've had enough. We don't want to be part of this race anymore. Um, the fact that he kept on going and going and going showed so much tenacity to win that race was huge. Um, the second horse was Eurasia BJ, yep. who obviously has since come out to um, to make that form look pretty good. If you even go a little bit deeper through that race, I think Zatorio ran fourth who came out to win uh, his next start after that. Um, there was a fair few other winners in that race as well. Chasing Chaos, Kendall, we dad went well. Weston King was in that race, recapitulate. Uh, little Punga might win today. So there's plenty of... Um, Plenty of form to come from that. The next run was probably the biggest of the lot. So Holly Watson has again jumped from barrier nine. He's missed the kick on this occasion, unable to take up a forward spot. Raced against Living the Dream. Living the Dream was given a 10 out of 10 by Chrissy Parnham, who travelled down there um, and won the race uh, really comfortably. But the effort of Read the Ride Act to sit four deep the trip, sort of on the turn, hit a little bit of a flat spot, which you just think he's going to drop out here. But to come again and hit the line better than anything else, so it was smashing, absolutely murdering the line over 1,500, was just a horse that wants to run and run and run and run. And he's just full and full of beans. It was just, yeah, it's a replay you have to watch and it's the last 200 you have to watch to really appreciate how good it was. So, um, yeah, super impressive. Last start uh, off the 14 dies, 1500 back to 1200, which is something you can do in the country yep. um, more than you can do in the city. Um, I just put a line through horses really like that, especially around that six, $7 mark was backed into four bucks. And I thought, what's, what's going on here? Come on, grow up, Roy. Who's, who's backing this? You're not winning back down to the 1200 has managed to find the breeze outside of Sir Snug a lot. Um, on the turn, Potent Secret, who came up to win his next start, pushed him out. It looked like they were just going to go past it again. He just kicked and he hit the line better than anything else comfortably. He was going through the line away from them. He wanted to keep running. Now, BJ, this is a sticky speed map here. Um, there's a fair bit underneath it. Scoreline, Cocky Joy, 4-6, Living the Dream, 10. All going to go forward. What about Moses, Barrier, 9? Will it look to race just behind the speed? Sean McGruddy is riding that horse incredibly at the moment. Um, but look, I think Maddie will come across. Outside if she can leader, tuck surely. in, I don't think so. I don't. I don't think we're going to have the speed to get there. I'd love to say that. Uh, I don't think we'll have the speed to get there. But if she can come across, and there's a lot of speed there, if she can 
as the widest runner, just tuck in and get some cover behind them in a three wide line or in, in something of that nature. Even if she leads up a three wide line, I just think the way he's racing, he doesn't want to stop. He yeah. wants to keep hitting the line. I just think he runs a huge race. I don't know if there's many horses down south that are going as well as read the ride act. I just don't think he's getting the same airtime that your Fangios and your big butter booms are getting because he hasn't put that picket fence together. Sure. Um, so read the ride act. I, it's that's who I've marked favorite at around $7. So it's, it's a pretty open race, but you're talking 18 bucks. I think with all agencies at the moment. Um, juice. Yeah. I'm, I'm juice. Yeah. A bit of juice. We're going to need some luck from the barrier and Maddie on, uh, obviously we can't sit four deep and win, but um, never, you never know. Well, you do never know with Roy at the moment and we can produce at the right time. I think that, um, yeah, I think, I think read the ride act can, um, can win this BJ. Terry has uh, talked himself into read the ride act, and I just love the depth he's gone into in his analysis. I will not rain on his parade. Uh, I'll just keep it short and sweet. Pleto, for me, I reckon she was just about a good uh, moral beaten last star in the Bruce Almighty race at Ascot. Was good first up behind London Miss in the Pearl Classic form out of that race. Has been a little bit mixed, but mostly good. Uh, Jay McNaught from five. Pleto is a mare that seems to... Um, Find a bit, have a knack of finding a bit of strife. But Jade McNaught, if can begin even from five, is just going to get a real good side of that leading pack, which Terry outlined in his speed map. Uh, it's a 14 horse field. I expect, you know, Pleto to be six, seventh, something like that. Um, decent mare, drops from 58 to 54.5. Third up, has got a bit of class on her side, Pleto, and I reckon it's going to be a playing god, Quinella. Pleto. And the very much informed What About Moses continues to uh, elevate his performances deep into his preparation. Uh, Steve Wolf has this horse absolutely humming. Sean McGrady, just a perfect horse for Sean to ride. Always positive out the gates, has gate speed, can utilize that. Thought that that mile win last up was really, really strong. Miss Marietta come out and bolted in at Pinjarra the other day. I reckon it's going to be a playing god, Quinella. Pleto, What About Moses set to fight out the finish. Pleto narrowly on top for me. I like it, BJ. Very good. Also, I just want to make mention, um, just looking at how the markets are moving at the moment, that Cape Leopold we discussed before, the big data horse is now into equal favourite at, uh, at Sportsbed. So I dare say the money just simply has to come on numbers there. I just find, yeah. I find that super interesting. I imagine that would be Brian Carey's first winner too. If, mm. uh, if it were, I'm pretty sure he's a rookie trainer. Hasn't had many runners, so yeah, no. I think this would be. And one went well the other day. Maffa King went super for him the other day. I thought, yeah, yeah, went super. Yep. So yeah, uh, went super so yeah Brian day, so. is, uh, um, yeah, this this would be quite a coup, Bunbury Cup day. Yeah, good luck, Brian, and um, yeah, good luck. Anyway, read the Riot Act um, with. I'm going to say this with a fair degree of confidence each way. Um, and Wild Fusion is currently seventeen dollars. I've got Wild Fusion eight bucks, so um, that's that's a madness price for Wild Fusion. If you look at his campaign as well, I think I think this race is a little bit upside down with this market. To be honest, I think this is a race you can play a bit of value, and um, yeah, you can. Don't be afraid to play a bit of value here. Wild Fusion, uh, his last four runs have been super stiff, not to win a Fitzpatrick. Got stuck in behind that Zatorio win, you know, all the horses, BJ, yeah. that all stopped dead. Um, and then last start was 1,600, back to the 1,200, when smashed the line in a, in a good 70-plus down at Ascot. This is far more suitable. Lands midfield, good tempo on here. Mario Delina, I think, can uh, have another winner there as well. So, gee, 17 bucks, that's huge. Mario, that's a massive Mario price. Mario Delina might, Fusion, have, so. might have a... Uh, a winner of the following event, and maybe yeah. TK Layton as well. It's the well. Amelia, it's the Amelia Park Bunbury Stakes Race Eight, listed fourteen hundred meters, one hundred and twenty thousand dollars on the table, and um, 
the horse that I was referring to, of course, is our pinup boy, Dig Deep. He has overcome a couple of a setback or two. Is going to be racing having his first start in forty-two days, straight into the Bunbury Stakes. I imagine that you're going to be making him favourite on Saturday, Terry. Oh, I, I don't think so. Uh, I don't think so, BJ. But what a cracking um, Bunbury Stakes this is, though. Isn't it's a good it? one, yeah. It's really good. Gee yeah. whiz, this is uh, what a- It's great. It's great. Speed. Uh, there's wide gates. There's potential superstars. There's yeah. There's there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. Um, you can often judge a race by the horses, the sort of the uh, the opposite end of the market. Yeah. I mean, Echo Echo Effects probably the one. So I'm still after winning the um after winning a hundred thousand dollar race not long ago. Fair enough. Have a crack at the race. That's fine. But then you're talking um, after Falcon Crest. You're talking your media barons who smashed the line the other day. Luke's Gold's had no luck. Wrinkley's going to get a soft lead. Not impossible. And then silence and horses like that. So if you look at the the ugly well, end mean, of the market, um, it's still really nice horses. Cryptic Love's eighteen yeah. out eighteen dollars, and she's uh, she was one of the traditional lead up the Pinjo Classic last start. So that, exactly right. And she was one of very few horses who made a really nice run on that uh, on that fence as well. Yeah. So um, there's probably a little bit more credit in that run. Uh, as well, BJ, but I am, uh, I'm going to let you lead the charge here. I'll, I'll just, I'll touch on dig deep. First of all, we were going to go to the, uh, to the Pinjara, um, classic, but he had a little foot abscess. So, uh, they put him away, got him recovered. He's back. He'd been back in work for a few weeks. He's a very happy horse. Um, there's just for me, obviously this is, this is for me traditionally the type of horse I'd steer clear of because I like a, a nice campaign leading up to a high pressure race, um, and a high class race like this one. But in saying that, the Pierce have been getting horses to win fresh. Um, we saw worth the risk win by six, so fresh over 1500 the other day at York. And they've been getting horses to win fresh, so they're training really well, um, in that sense. So he won't know himself, dig deep, with the 54 and a half. After winning a Karakata, he's been forced to lump the 59 all the way through the Belgravia and all through the, the feature three year old sprints, giving weight to horses like Red Can Man. Um, throughout that series. He's then obviously just because of the 20-odd points he got from the Karakata, he's just, we've just been forced to carry weight um, our entire career. Even if you, if you look very simply, and I know this is oversimplifying things, BJ, but our last start, we were probably a good thing beaten, as was Red Publisher, uh, with the 60 and a half. I think Son of a God had 56 mm-hmm. that day, yep. uh, 56 that day. We were, in my mind, my bias mind, a little bit of a, a slightly better run than Son of a God. We get a four kilo weight swing on Son of a God for that outing. The big difference is Son of a God has a real grand final feel about this race. Don't get me wrong in that sense. All I'm trying to do is give myself some false hope that we can win the race at the moment, BJ. I'm I'm not succeeding. Um, I've marked him 14 bucks. I thought that was generous too, and he's eight bucks at the moment. So he won't be getting – well, yeah, that's, a, that's a lie, actually. I'll be backing him regardless. But he won't be getting any of mine until late on Betfair. I expect you'll see a far healthier price late for Dig Deep, and I'm, I'm sure you agree with me. Yeah, I was nineteen dollars dig deep. So for yeah, me. there you go. Yeah, I, I to be honest, I don't really think we can win the race, but um, I, I don't think it's impossible. But uh, cracking race uh, around dig deep, BJ, and um, talk me through it. I, I know that. Uh, yeah, I know that you're keen on one here. Well, I think it's a two horse race, um, and I just, I just can't really imagine uh, last of the line um, with even luck and uh, just turns up. In a similar vein, I, I just gonna, I just can't see how I'm struggling to see how they're going to beat him. This horse is, um, well, he he sort of smashed the clock with two 1400 meter ratings wins at Ascot in January. Um, that funny day at Pinjarra couldn't pick up Harry Thomas, but 
He's then gone out in the detonator stakes, sat on Montalina's back, first time at 1800 in one of the fastest 1800-meter races at Ascot in recent history, and as we like to say, one like Winks. That mm. was uh, that was something else. Interesting decision SJ Miller had to make. Bunbury Stakes and what would you have done? Bunbury Cup. Well, not having intimate knowledge of the horse, I would imagine that he would probably be shorter in the Bunbury Cup uh, okay. from a market point of view. And um, 14, 18 back to fourteen is unconventional. Um, however, Stephen Miller and Ryan Hill both have enormous faith in this horse. You can understand why. And um, I actually ran into. S.J. Miller at a uh, friend of mine, Christian Hawkins, is uh, is uh, mo- uh, moving to Port Hedland, and um, we had a, had a going away a barbecue last Saturday night, and I uh, I we was I was talking to Stephen Miller about Last of the Line, and I made a suggestion that if it was the uh, like the old days where they had the um, the stakes on a Tuesday and the Cup on a Thursday, mm-hmm. he would have run Last of the Line in both, and he goes bloody oath I would have so. Um, he has no qualms about Last of the Lions versatility. The thing I love about this setup is wrinkly, echo effect, uh, those sorts of horses are going to be um, out rolling. The big field will create big tempo, will create high pressure, and the draw is just perfect for Last of the Lion. He can get a cider of Son of a God, who for me is the, is the only possible danger, and um, Son of a God. Only, only possible? Yep. Son isn't of a the God. Race deeper, isn't the race deeper than that? This is, no, this, is, this, is, this is it for me. I reckon they uh, are the two. It. Last of the Lion's going to get a cider at Son your of bum, a God. Your bum must feel happy at the moment, getting a little bit of relief from yeah. being on that fence. <laughs> this, this is the, this is the, the two-horse race. So uh, Last oh, of the like Lion... Uh, it's going to relish the tempo courtesy of Wrinkley, such a strong, fast horse. Son of a God, grand final day, blinkers on, good draw. Uh, let's see. I imagine what's the blinkers, what, what can we factor the blinkers to be worth? A length? Two lengths? Well, um, I, I, it's hard to, I don't think we can quantify them exactly to be worth anything, but we can only say that, that the way Simon's well, the, training the at the trainer, moment, the, the fact he's believes. chucked them on, yep, yep. Like you can just say they've got to be worth a good amount. They've got to be very, um, yeah, they've got to be handy to say the least, I think, BJ. Yeah. Well, the trainer has, um, he believes that they are, they are significant. So I'm going to, um, going to trust his uh, expert guidance in that. So for me, it's going to be a last of the line, son of a God race. And I just suspect last of the line, if he's as good as I think he is, if he's a group one horse, which I believe he has the potential to be, then I think he's going to win the Bunbury Stakes. Very good, BJ. I, uh, I tell you what, Brad, we have to give Brad a little bit of a stingy. Went up eight bucks, son of a God. Come on, Bradley. Got to be better than that, don't you? Come on, Brad. Come on, Brad. Um, yeah, look, no, no strong opinion for me three, here. Three dollars, three dollars last line I was. So. You were three bucks, were you? What were you, son of? Uh, what was I? Four fifty. 450. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I just have some trepidation on the 1800 back to the 1400. Um, but in saying that, I've marked him equal favorite with Son of a God. Samazdat, a third peel. I thought Samazdat was huge, but as you've just alluded to, Samazdat's going to need a real race tempo. Yeah. It's going to have to give last of the line and Son of a God big head starts, which um, again, as you've said, is going to be awfully difficult to do. Um, yeah, look, I think the winner probably comes from Son of a God last of the line, but they're both under my price at the 370 at the moment. So I can't have a bet at this point in time, but um, 
no, look, I, I'm actually just probably going to sit back and really enjoy this race. A horse like Wrinkly will probably get my money, BJ. That's that's probably the, the maddest bet on the card. Uh, the 27s will end up being 60s on Betfair, surely. Um, but if they put up 10 bucks a hole, it's the only leader in the race. His first three runs hasn't found the top. It's just a different horse. Went out in front and rolling along. So I'm expecting improvement. I think he'll run probably sixth or something or seventh. I'm not expecting him to win. Um but yeah, just, just a cracking horse race. And, um, I like your enthusiasm for last of the line. We can definitely, uh, well, I think we've already seen a, uh, a bit of a star emerge, but if he can drop 1800 to 1400 and knock off a, a really deep field, like we are uh, encounter here, then we, um, yeah, we definitely have, um, WA's new star of the turf, I think. I agree. So basically, 100%. basically I'm not giving you a tip. Okay. All right. Mm, I, I, I can't. The pro, I just can't. You know, I've I got Sam's at seven twenty, so seven fifty. I've got the last of the line, son of a god, both low fours. Um, yeah. No, I I can't. Um, I I mean, I've got wrinkly twenty six bucks, so at twenty seven, it's not exactly one I'm jumping to be on. Interesting little stat. BJ Tollman beaten a length lasted line a um, couple of starts to go a month or so ago. Meets lasted line six kilos better for that one length. Oh, How's wow. that? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting one. Not that I'm tipping toll, man. And last of the lines had a more fluent campaign despite dropping in trip. It's um it's just a big weight swing for a length, isn't it? It is. It's significant for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. On, on his home track too, toll man. So mm. and Paul Paul Roberts is training well at the moment. He is. So yeah, fascinating Bunbury stakes and mm. uh and Terry Layton is um has some skin in the game there with uh, with Dig Deep, the pinup boy for the one one. So good luck. Race number nine is the big one of the day, the Furphy. Bunbury Cup listed, 2,000 metres. It's a $120,000 race. And uh, it does look, Montalina just looks like she's got this race at her mercy. Terry, you're a value hunter by trade. Can you see any possible way that we can play around Montalina with success? I would. I thought, because I wanted to be on Montalina like everybody else, I was hoping we saw some 230, 240, and that would have been enough for me to get uh, fairly involved here, BJ. But um, obviously at the $1.65, we can't play at that point. So when I when I saw the $1.60 odd or $1.70 Brad went up, I thought, right, oh, there'll be some value elsewhere. But you know what? There isn't. No. There really isn't. I've got trapped for full seven bucks. Let me just read out my my market in uh, in its entirety here to give you an idea. So I got last I got Montalina dollar ninety, and I reckon that's as long as I possibly could have had Montalina. It's just the fact from barrier three, if we end up a few back to pence, uh, you just need some luck, you know, and then you might not get that. But um, tell you what, if we get saucy Jack scratched, uh, it does bring Trapper Fools into the race, despite the fact he carries a sixty coup, because you've got a very similar setup to the ATA yeah. um, that he won um, when defeating Nerf Bosk. Um, late last year, with uh, uh, with sixty two kilos as well, with sixty two and Brad yeah. Willow one by one by panels as well. Mm. So, but then I've got Divine Shadow thirteen, Paddy Shadow fourteen, Utgard Lockie sixteen. So, yeah, no, I've marked it to ninety six percent, ninety seven percent. There just simply isn't any value there. I was hoping Divine Shadow might go up twenty five bucks, which yeah. is five bucks yeah. a hole, and that might be your bet. Um, yeah, no, I can't see any value. I'm, I'm just going to tip Montalina. I think she's a, a future star. I think she doesn't win just this cup, but she'll also win the um, the Pinjara Cup as well and go on to win bigger and better things. Uh, she pulled up with a bit of heat exertion the other day. So whether that was a difference, I'm not sure. She still ran a PB, oh, I'm pretty sure, behind huge, last of the line. Huge, yeah. But um, no, she should just win. And I am going to have my finger on the trigger on the Betfair Exchange, BJ, and hope for something starting with two. And if I see something starting with two, I reckon I'll uh, push my button lots of times to um, have a couple of investments at the two plus. But, Get ready um, for the launch. 
But get ready for the launch. Exactly right. But if she does trade at $1.60, I think we'll be able to find some value, potentially place heavy elsewhere. Maybe in play. Ma, yeah, oh, that's not that's that's, that's <laughs> on too course hard for, in eh? on course in play. Uh, no, that's that after a few frothies. Yeah, no, that's a bit too hard for me. I'll end up <laughs> I'll end up probably backing um, Big Caroline. Big Caroline is Big Caroline in this field, BJ. Caroline, Big Caroline. That's good placement from um, from Brian Rogers. It's it's really good stuff to chuck a. Um, what's what's Big Caroline rated, BJ? Oh, she's getting down there. Uh, she's sliding down. She's a Metro sixty six at the moment. Ah, oh, Metro sixty six. Oh, that's good placement then. Yeah, no, that's that's good stuff. So. Beaten uh, beaten a whisker in a uh, up Cup for the ages uh, last start. Mm. Stride for stride with Plead the Fifth. Um, yeah, no, uh, nine and a half kilos more than Plead the Fifth got beaten in a photo. Yeah, no, good stuff. Good stuff. So really, no, really, really good stuff that this is in a Bunbury Cup. So I hope what they do here is they attack, go forward, and just stop through the remainder of the field, putting making our Bunbury Cup an eyesore this year. So, yeah, I hope the owners, I hope everyone has a really good time going to the Bunbury Cup with a horse that um, I'm, I'm surprised it wasn't balloted out of a race at Cogenut, let alone a Bunbury Cup. So, no, nah, not, not good enough, Brian. Not good enough? Not good enough. Needs to grow up, BJ. <laughs> oh, dear. So, uh, Montalina... Should be winning, all things being equal. I can only see, well, okay. I can, is, I, I, is can, now, I, I can only see two. If Montalina doesn't show up for whatever reason, it'll either be a Patty Shadow victory or a Divine Shadow victory, one of the shadows, I think, for me. I agree. Yep. 100% agree. Yep. The, but if, say, Montalina does turn up, the only way Montalina probably gets beaten is if Saucy Jack decides to take it easy outside Traffer Falls and Traffer Falls steals it. Exactly. Does yep. that make sense? Yep. I don't think yep. Divine and Patty's aren't going to out-sprint Montalina. No. Um, but Trap for Fools is the one that has field position, so always has that ability to to pinch it. But uh, I don't think that will occur. I think well, um, he yeah, and it'll just he's so tough. But geez, that was a gut buster last start. Absolutely, it gut was. Buster. He was everything else that raced on speed and that fainted uh, and deservedly slow. But he, so he was, but he was he was huge. Huge. What does a run huge. like that take out of a a horse like Trap for Fools? But it, L, it, L Smith, just, it might just bring him forward. Maybe who knows? Like he's. He's a bit of an old old, uh, old machine trap for fools. But, um, As I said, if you look at his Taunton win, this is exact setup, second up into the 2200 reckon, after it, a first up 1800-metre big effort. This is a, a very similar setup. I think, so. I think Ben Owen will be very uh, disappointed if Curiel doesn't um, channel her inner Carlene Heffel and ride Saucy Jack in a similar manner. Because oh, post, post-race he said this is the ride we've been looking for with Saucy Jack. So I imagine there's going to be fireworks in the Bunbury Cup. And, yeah. Yeah. That basically puts a line through a trap for fools for okay. me straight away. So, geez, yeah, this Montalina, let's get some two bucks. Whoever's a, whoever's a big layer, get on the bet fair, chuck up some 220, 230, and let's all just uh, have a little free fill. Sounds good to me. I'll, be, I'll join into that, that's for sure. Mm. So, um, what, oh, what have you got, Montalina? Sorry, BJ? $1.70. Okay, yep. Very good. All right. Moving on. Moving on. It's time. For race number 10. It's been a marathon card, but we always save the best for last, and it is the Get Out Stakes. Stakes. E A. Or as as Tommy Johnston says, S T E A S. Just apparently one, it's a Greek letter. The E and the A are joined together. I don't even know if that's a real thing. The S T A X. Who's who's it brought to us by? BJ. Get out stakes. Get out stakes time. The extremely popular competition, Twitter-based competition. Brought to you by Market City Meats, the largest retail butcher shop in Perth, located at the Canning Vale Markets on Bannister Road. Timmy Hewitt runs the show, swing past, 
Say good day. Timmy and his team will look after you. Timmy, of course, is a part owner of Featherweight, who will be you know one of the main chances in the Supremacy Stakes at Ascot on Sunday. So good luck to you, Timmy. And um, yeah, what a what an establishment. Market City Meets. Go out there and uh, have a look for yourself. Congratulations to last week's episode 65 Get Out Stakes winner, Mike Eppis. Now, Terry, guess guess what we needed to do before we could declare correct weight? Uh, Sam White. Sam White. The Sam White rule had to be uh, evoked. And uh, unfortunately for Lachlan Dodge, who um, uh, marked uh, plutocracy the exact same margin as Mike Eppis. Mike was first in, therefore he was Terry. First in, best, uh, first past the post. <laughs> <laughs> he was best dressed. So uh, the Sam White rule uh, had to be um, had to be needed to uh, declare the winner. So the professor, Mike Eppis, uh, really big supporter of the one one. He got that fifty dollar gourmet beef package to Market City Meats and uh, a bit stiff Lachlan Dodge. But um, yeah, we might send out a one one cap to you as a bit of a sweetener. So now, to enter this week's Get Out Stakes, hit us up on Twitter at The11Pod, who you think will win race 10 at Bunbury on Saturday. Decimal winning margin, two decimal places preferred. And uh, don't forget that all-important Sam White rule, first in best dressed. Terry, last race, special for you. There might be a few of us looking to get out on Saturday. Impart some wisdom onto the listeners. Oh, EJ, I was hoping you could give us the uh, the get out uh, the get out stakes winner. I just I feel as though the vortex might be spinning yeah. up a storm towards the end of the day. Jeez, I'd I'd, I'd cop a dollar fifty shorter and and love to see a, a W Pike, but very hard not to be um, impressed with uh, how reliable Star stepped from twelve hundred meter maiden to an eighteen hundred meter <laughs> sixty plus and um, was stiff. I reckon held up for the first half yep. of the straight took a Took a good uh, little Glen Archer hip and shoulder um, at about the hundred, and that probably probably cost her the race. I don't think it was a very deep race, but um, look, you just got to think natural improvement. Seven day backup for a horse up in trip. Um, look, she just just it just ticks your boxes. So what price? What winner. price would she be if she won that race last week? Do you think? Do you think it makes uh, any well, difference, she, or do you think it's priced accordingly? She would only be a kilo heavier. Um, yeah, do you think she'd be shorter? Yeah, I do. That's interesting. Yeah, no, you're probably right. Probably a little point or two shorter. What are what are we what are we looking at at the moment? Because she, I'm. It's all about the timing of the bet. Four eighty. Yeah, it's well, it's five bucks on the um on purple. It's a five. There's basically a four horse photo for mm. favoritism here. It's an interesting one. What this market will do late, um, because you can make cases for several of them. I mean, I'm going to take on Antique Jewel big time. I've got Antique Jewel closer to twenty to one. I understand there's the improvement, etc., etc., etc. Been looking for the trip, but look to take on Antique Jewel, who's equal favourite. I mean, that's a no. Nah, I don't think so. Um, Marachino goes super, but it's hard from the gate. He's probably the best horse, but from the gate, that's awfully difficult. Born huge, to try. Huge run, Marachino last Saturday, but gate 15, 60 kgs would want to be. That's a leveler. Like, oh, that's, uh, that's leveler. That's tough. That's tough. It's a leveler. I mean, then you got born to try first go at the journey. He's going super, but you got to take some, um, yeah, a bit of a query. Um, maybe he was, she was doing her best work on the line and she will relish it. But I mean, we can only speculate on that, you know. Um, rivalry Galore has come back. Last two have been really good, but I think. I have, and I think you might as well, Bej. I've lost a little bit of trust with rivalry galore from uh, last couple of campaigns. Porfirio has only stepped up to 2,000 metres once. Went absolutely super that day. So no reason Porfirio can't run a race. Beat the Bell is flying at the moment, and I reckon his one go mm. at the journey was super. So huge, huge I can't, 
Yeah. yeah, I can't see any reason Beat the Bell can't win. But going back through, Beat the Bell and Alan Kennedy don't get along no, very well. I, I looked at very that last night. His last five mm-hmm. rides have been um, on Beat the Bell. The, I don't think they've run a, got close to running a place. It's so. it's run backwards, actually. Yeah, yeah it's, it's run, run backwards. run on a couple of times, but that was a long time ago now. So Yeah. yeah. So, oh, look, BJ, I'll simplify, but I think there's a lot of chances. You're, you're willing to go wide in your quaddie, but um, I think if you're getting five bucks Reliable Star, I've marked Reliable Star four dollar. So, um yeah, the up-and-coming Cerise and White Runner. We don't have Pike in the saddle, but we do have Carberry. Rides good horse as well. And um, I think with the speed that sacks on, sacks off and played the fifth and both should be coming back to the field, um, I think it will give the best uh, – the horse with the, the best turn of foot late the opportunity to win it, um, which also, in my mind, probably brings beats to beat the bell and Porfirio into contention under that theory, Just really. Drags, but drags um, him into the race, yeah. Yeah, it certainly yeah. does. But, um, no, we'll, we'll go with Reliable Star. Five bucks above my price. Um, always happy backing it up and coming. Cerise and White, um, Steyer, who should only be fitter for last week. But um, if Saxon Saxoff does get to a hundred bucks plus bet fair, you got to have something on. Mitchy Pavement would Mitchy Pavement wouldn't be going on for nothing. I reckon. So I think uh, has, if, has, if, one, if has one with these setups in the past. Has had, honestly one with these types of setups in the past. And Jerry Noski just pulled it out to last last start and gave it a run. So yeah. it's mad. It's completely and utterly mad. But um, a prep, it was a prep run. It was a prep run. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this, this is this is the grand final. Uh, I put throw down the gauntlet to Mitchie Pateman. If Saxon Saxoff wins, a salute, I reckon, just for Terry. Uh, hey, are you, if surely. he wins, he probably, he probably wins by seven if he wins because he's that far in front. Yeah. He'd probably lose the race in three months due to a, <laughs> due to a, due to a positive swab. But uh, <laughs> that's a joke. That's a joke. Um, but, yeah, it's a, uh, yeah, you, know, you never know. He's been a good horse in the past. You never know. And by that stage of the day, Terry, um, anything could Happen. I yeah, I'm pretty keen. Reliable star, actually. I um, mm-hmm. I thought she travelled so strong, too strong, in fact, um, in a bit of a muddling tempo last Saturday, and for her to sort of burn fuel, pulling, still kick up underneath horses, copper bump. Paddy Carberry drove her through. It was dogged. It was determined. It was uh, showed a bit of fight. Uh, she was up for it, and uh, probably should have won. And. Uh, I just feel as though sacks on, sacks off. If Mitchy gets those chicken wing arms out and gets him bustling along early, genuine tempo, Bob Peters, recent White, staying pedigree, 2,000 metres. I think, Paddy, I think this horse is going to land sort of midfieldish, And uh, I think the main dangers are probably going to be behind her. So if she mm-hmm. rolls into the race with momentum from a midfield position, be within striking distance, uh, poised to pounce, 54.5 kgs with that stamina, that staying pedigree. I think Reliable Star will uh, – I think she wins. Yeah. Yep. You flow into the race, low weight. Uh, yeah, I think Reliable Star is a clear on-top selection for me. I was 350 Reliable Star, cool. so she's a proper bet for me in the last – I like that. Yep. As I was four bucks, 95%. So yep. we're aligning. We haven't aligned in the get-out stakes for a while, I don't no, think. No, we have not. I like, and, uh, I like that. So Patrick Carberry, uh, yep. reliable star in the get-out, and uh, we can all head back to Perth on the on the bus. Very happy campus. Imagine that, a reliable star get-out stakes win and a dig day Bunbury stakes win. Oh, and you're forgetting. After, uh, after, forgetting a, fair ju- fair after a fair justice handicap win. Oh, yep. dearie me. I might, uh, yeah, I might be a little bit of a menace on the bus on the way home, I'd suggest, <laughs> if that's the case. It might be best for everybody that doesn't occur. <laughs> oh, dearie, mate. All right, now, BJ, we need to find our uh, our bests, our maddies, and our lays of the day. Okay, Guru, 
it is time for our Betfair Best Betting Proposition of the Day. I think you uh, gave us a little sneak peek earlier in the preview. What have you got? Mm. Uh, race number, we'll go to one of the features, race number six. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing Triple Missile take on Kiss on all four cheeks with the map, with the upside, um, and with the price, uh, three bucks plus. I'm very happy making Triple Missile my best of the day, BJ. I was floating around Triple Missile, Reliable Star, and Last of the Line. I am going to lock in Last of the Line as my Betfair best betting proposition of the day. And, uh, yeah, he's going to um, get the job done. And, uh, yeah, the sky is the limit for last of the line. Now, madness. For those of you unaware, we try to find, try, um, focusing on the try there, find horses that are $21, 20 to 1 in the old at uh, at the time of recording. is can be a bit challenging to do sometimes, but um, we do mm. our best. Who is your Maddie for Bunbury Cup Day, Terry? Of, there's a few that I've thrown out at a big-ish price today, but um, look, it's currently $19 on Tab Touch. So I'm going to say the fact that I'm I'm actually quite, uh, I really want to be on. It's not what I'm throwing out for the sake of it. We've got to go with it. So you'll allow me a $1 uh, or a $2 uh, discrepancy. Jeez, I feel like there's a discrepancy most weeks, isn't there? A little that. bit of an allowance, a little bit of a two kilo allowance. A I thought you might allowance. have gone dark assault. Twenty six dollars. Yeah, Dark Assault twenty six dollars. Read the Riot Act nineteen, and I definitely prefer Read the Riot Act uh, to Dark Assault heavily. So at those two prices, I could have gone either of them. All but, up. Um, all up them. Yeah, Why let's not? let's lob them. Let's lob them together. Lob them together <laughs> at about four hundred and what's that? About four hundred and twenty to one or something. Yeah, let's let's lob the two together. But uh, no, read, read the Riot Act. I will make my Maddie. Um, I really really like Read the Riot Act each way at that price here. I, I'm super happy. If I if I could have only have one bet for the day, I reckon that would be the. That'll probably be the, the one better place. So um, each way, read the right act. My Maddie for the day comes up in race four. Terry mentioned Guns of Navarone in his spiel for that particular race. It's the 1,000-meter race. I actually thought Stablemate Hoboken was a better run. Tommy Johnston whacked $10 on Hoboken for his uh, Young Guns um, investment last week. The run was really good. Drops in weight, smaller field. Stevie Parnham on board, currently $21 best available, sneaks in as a genuine Maddie what? Hoboken. Look at these markets. I'm looking at Tab Touch as you're talking, going, hang on, BJ, it's 12 bucks and it's 21 over on green. What you're going to see is, and obviously it'll happen before podcast goes to air, is you'll see these markets just go boom. Yeah. And because uh, basically they use Green Tab as the oracle. So as soon as Green Tab goes up, everyone will correct their markets to what um, to what uh, Green Tab go up as, which is not going to happen before uh, the podcast is released, which is the first, They're usually up by about 10 a.m. Mm. So um, do forgive us, but also. Um, yeah, who knows? It might say if we've listed our prizes, it might mean that some are now bets that weren't before or uh, some are probably aren't value as yet. But um, as always, Betfair late is uh, where the best shopping happens, BJ. He, he, correct. Absolutely. He he always wins to, he always manages to win one a prep. It's a very Neville Parnham thing to do. Mm. And uh, this, is, this isn't the one, I don't think. This might not be the one, but look out for him. He'll be mm. better Betfair late as well, better than the the twenty one dollars available, and uh, he might be. Able Nev's to got a few like that, doesn't yeah. he? That just sort of win one a prep. Yep, sure do. Yeah, they're um, one per prep horses. And uh, so yeah, that's my Maddie for the day. And Terry will no doubt be throwing up his official actual lays, put his money where his mouth is on yes. Twitter. But my lay before I let Terry um, take us out is in the same race actually, race four. I'm going to lay Zebul first up. 
Ah, yep. Very good. You've just uh, you sort of half nicked one of mine there. I've got about six written down, all between the uh, 350, 550 type of range. Three of them are trained by El Fernie. So I know Luke listens. Sorry, Luke. <laughs> I don't reckon you're going to have a big day. Um, I will lay on the last antique jewel. I did go up favourites, now drifted a little bit to, um, well, equal favourites, some agencies. But uh, antique jewel, 1,400 to 2,000, fell in against a horse. Um, on debut, geez, it would need to really relish the 2000. So we'll take on Antique Jewel, a horse I've marked considerably longer than the five bucks or so currently available, BJ. All right, Terry, that brings our Bunbury Cup Day Bonanza preview to a close. Terry, do your thing, my friend. Well, I am. Uh, what I'll do first of all is just run through the uh, week six of the Young Gun series. Um, it's going to run through the investments for the three lads very quickly. Tommy Johnson we had on last week was brilliant. Thanks to Tommy again for for last week. I thought he was. Uh, he spoke tremendously well. Found a few. Uh, found a couple of uh, value plays. He was stiff with asymmetric at a big price there. Gave that a good yeah. push and it um, ran a second to Mella Rab. So uh, well done to Tommy there. It's Hopefully good, to, he good can... to see these young guys so confident in front of the mic as well. They just stepped mm. straight into the studio, straight onto it. Very good. Impressive no, stuff. I've... It was super impressive stuff. Um, so well done to Tommy. We've got Latham on next week. So I'm, I'm very much looking forward to uh, having Latham on. I've been speaking to him a little bit um, uh, by a message. And um, yeah, he's a, he's a sharp operator as well. Loves his, loves his country racing. So he gets a, a tick from me. But uh, Tommy Johnston, race four, excellent dream, 100 wins. Latham Anderson, race one, looks not everything, 20 wins. Race four, excellent dream, 50 wins. Race seven, read the ride act. I like that one, Lath. $15 each way. Riley Morgan, race four, excellent dream, 60 wins. Race six, triple missile, 40 wins. Hopefully that one's a winner for us as well, BJ. That would be nice. But uh, good luck to the lads this week in the second last week of the seven-week Rising Star Series. That brings us to the end of another episode of the 1-1. One, one. Um, thoroughly enjoyed doing that episode, as I always do, but uh, this is a cracking betting card. I think there's plenty of value as well if you're willing to shop around a couple of the favourites who have a query or two on them. Um, make sure we'll be in a tent. Do you know what tent we're going to be in, BJ? It's called the one. Punter's Paradise a Tent. One. A big one. Yeah. yeah. Not, not, not Butchie's big deck, but we'll be in a tent. Marquee, um, not a tent. It's a, mar- it's a marquee. A marquee. Yeah. Oh, there you go. La la de la de. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we're going to be in a marquee somewhere on Saturday, but I'm sure I'll, we'll do a bit of a float around. So come and say hello. Um, thanks to Brad Parnham for coming on. Good luck with his two rides um, with Indian Pacific and Platoon. Good luck to Pikey as well. We love the uh, the West Aussies dominating over East. Damian Lane as well dominating over East at the moment. And until next week on the one one. Thank you.